Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heroes of Noise. I'm your host, Steve. What's up, everybody? My name is Dan, and welcome to episode... Holy shit, what episode are we on, Steve? Are we on 17 already, or is it 17? It is 17, isn't it? freaking team. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a proud moment in my life right here. We've actually made it to episode 17. Now, I'm no mathematician or any shit like that, but I'm pretty sure if we get, like, three more in us, we got, like, show 20. So... Good on us. Hold on. Let me count it. Wait, wait, wait. Let me carry the one. Got to carry the one. Take yep. off your, You're right. Let me You're take right. off my socks real quick. Yep. We're accurate. <laughs> we're accurate. Look, you guys, here's the funny part about listeners. Listeners think that we're when we bring on guests, we're going to bring on just, you know, hey, you know, we're going to bring on this person from this place or this person from that area or that. No, 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 no. We got superstars for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Superstars that we've been talking about for the last... 17 shows. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, will you please jump in your seats, rise to your feet, give a round of applause for Johnny Bucks and Mick C in the house right now. Hello, chaps. <laughs> gentlemen, hello, ladies and orphans. Hello, everybody. We hope you're all fine and well. Yeah. This is the first time that we're actually having like this many people on the same show, even with the word when this never happened. So you're very, very special to us, gentlemen. We're honored. <laughs> Thank you. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, you know, your, your, what brought you to the nerd culture as it comes to as far as, you know, uh, pop culture. I know one of, I know a little bit about Johnny Bucks. Mick C is a little bit of a mystery, but tell us about yourself. Me? Well... Johnny Bucks is my brother-in-law, but I knew oh, him a nice. long time before he met my beautiful sister. And uh, we're both really, really, really into alternative pop culture, music, wow. comics, novels, games. And we are, we both speak Perfect geek and ease, but <laughs> we don't live in our mother's basement. We wash regularly, okay. and we have known the love of women well, fairly regularly. Our mother's sisters. We are uh, nice. real chaps. Like I said, I'm two nice. two eighty five, six one, covered in tattoos. Johnny Boy is a muscular young man. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> And, uh, oh, well, look at this. Yeah, look hey? at this. And, you can see why he's my friend. And we've been mates for a long time. As soon as we met, we just clicked and let Johnny Boy tell you all about how he came to where he is now. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I grew up reading comic books and, and drawing comic books or trying to. Um, and then, long story short, I went to art college and flunked out of getting on a degree because I'd got into playing bass instead. So, um, and then I basically let, I didn't get into uni or college as you guys would call it. And, um, so I joined a band and left home. It was like running off to join the circus, I suppose. 
And then, so- <laughs> um, yeah, we just played and gigged around. And then one thing went, that band folded. I joined another band and I've just been doing that. I've sort of had day jobs and to, you know, pay the bills. But um, I've been full-time musician for the last couple of years. Johnny, can uh, I ask but, you yeah. a couple of questions real quick? Of course you can, man, yeah. So we it. had, I, I'm going to actually ask you to repeat something because I know Steve will be interested in this. Okay. Uh, you had mentioned that, you know, when you started playing bass, you had, you had explained to me a couple of nights ago when we were doing a little bit of a sound check that there was a there was one specific reason that got you into playing bass, one event, one eventful night. Oh. <laughs> would, would you care to share that with us, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Steve, here's the story. Oh, yes. My first, the first music I got into was hip hop. And we're talking old, old school. We're talking 1983, busting out break moves on cardboard in the high street and all that kind of stuff. Pretending, my kind of guy. Pretending we were in the Bronx. Um, <laughs> we all and were. I went to my first uh, <laughs> Dover High Street. It's a little bit different. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. Oh, man, yeah. But, man, we had the moves, you know, we, we were trying. We we weren't of any, course, uh, of we weren't the rock we weren't the rock steady crew but you know we were we were trying <laughs> you weren't turbo you weren't doing you weren't turbo huh you weren't quite turbo we were doing good we we were doing good for East Kent there we go there the we part. go that's that that's like the county we live in the deal massive yeah yeah so um, anyway I um I was fourteen went to my first gig. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious no, Five. Come on, that's, that's a, a good, good first one, gig, man. Yeah, isn't it? I'm so damn jealous yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm chuffed. I'm chuffed. It could have been so anyone else would have been bad, but yeah, that was the first one I ever went to. So I'm right down the front. Okay, this is before the days where they used to put the, where they put those barriers now between yes. the the front of the stage and the crowd. Mm-hmm. They didn't have those. We're right up against the boards. So halfway through the show, I've I've been watching the bass player, beautiful black woman, mm-hmm. okay, and she's slapping on that bass, and I'm just entranced. She goes into a solo, and I'm just watching, and she's just playing, and it sounds incredible, and she's beautiful. And halfway through the solo, I swear to God, she looks up, looks me right in the eye, and gives me the most beautiful smile. What? And in and in that moment, I, I fell in love with her and I fell in love with the sounds she was making. Wow. And that's beautiful. Dude. And that, and there's, I think that's, that's 50% of why I took up the bass. The other 50%, which I didn't tell you, Dan, um, I was in my mother's tummy in 1969 when the first Led Zeppelin album came out. Oh, Lord. My dad bought it on vinyl. And when my dad gets an album, he plays it over and over and over again. He doesn't switch it up and put another album on. He just plays that one and he plays it to death. So he would have been playing the album over and over and over again while I was in the womb. What kind of sound is going to make it through? It's going to be the bass, right? Absolutely. Very true. Then I'm in my cot upstairs in the bedroom. What's coming up through the floorboards? Bass. The bass. So I reckon I've been genetically designed to be a bass player from that point. And then this gig sealed the deal. Amazing. That is such a good story. (laughs) That's, that's, that's how, that's how I think it went, man. That's how I think it went. Now for you music geeks out there, I want to ask, 
So what is your um, rig? What what do you like to use? I mean, you, you probably have multiple bases, but what is it? Yeah. What bases do you have, and what amps do you use? Uh, I use um, well, I, I use Warwick's for years. Um, I had a, a five string <laughs> streamer, yeah, and that was my that was my baby. But in the last couple of years, I've switched to um, Marcus Miller's bases. Oh wow, he's have you heard of them? They're called Sire, S-I-R-E. Yes, I have. He, he yes. Stuck, yeah, everyone's buying them, man. They're unbelievable because they're a fraction of the price and just as much bass, if not more. You're getting, wow. you're getting a, 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 a $2,000 bass for $800. Those Warwicks are nice, man. Though those war, I'm surprised you put them down for that. Yeah, they're great, but I don't play them anymore. I play the Sires. The Sires are better. Wow. And I'll go on record and saying that. Woo! It's incredible. Be ready man. for some mail. So, <laughs> Be ready for yeah, some yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I use a Warwick uh, thousand watt head with a four by eight Warwick cab and a fifteen on the bottom. Tell them about your most prized bass, though. Your granddad's. My bass. grandfather's bass. That's like Excalibur, oh, wow. man. If there was a fire, that is awesome. Yeah, his wife, his kids, maybe me. <laughs> and what bass would come out of there? Yeah, that'd be the one though. Um I start when I when I did take up the bass, I was I was playing on a kid's acoustic guitar Whoa. for two years on the bottom four strings. <laughs> wow. And by that and by then I got into my metal, so I was playing, you know, I was working out He's a serious boy. I was <laughs> I was working out like Iron Maiden bass lines and Metallica Cliff Burton Metallica bass lines. On the little tiny strings on his little three-quarter scale acoustic guitar, and I persevered so long that in the end, my grandfather, who's no longer with us, um, gave me his precision copy that he had. Wow! And um, I finished doing I finished doing my um, exams when I was sixteen, and and I got home, and there it was with a little thirty-watt Marshall combo, and I've never looked. That back. is incredible, man. <laughs> so you christened your grandfather's bass. With the magic of Iron Maidens, what you're saying? It was, you know, the first thing I played with another musician was Revelations. Very nice. Yeah, man. My friend, who was a guitarist, he come around. I said, "Dude, I've got the bass. You've got to bring a guitar around." He came around, and we went straight into that, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, come on! What? <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, look at Dan knowing this stuff. <laughs> Steve, I'm I'm gonna have to send that to you for reference, Steve, because that's a, yes, that's a beautiful song. Because I've never yeah, heard Iron yeah, Maiden yeah, that, before. Uh, Man, that's when they were at their peak in my book, man. They they peaked out alive after death, in my in my opinion. I agree with you one hundred percent. That album right there, seriously, that was actually my first experience with Iron Maiden. I used to be yeah. in like hip hop, and then I went to this whole new uh-huh. wave phase, you know, like in the eighties where it was all in excess okay, and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, Duran. I like them too. Yeah. But then, but then I got smart, man, and I started hanging out with my friend uh-huh. Sean, and I'm I'm in his room and I'm looking up on his wall and I just see this evil creature coming out of the out of a yeah, grave yeah. and i'm like what is that what is iron maiden he's like i'm glad you asked and i sat down i start hearing i start hearing the, <laughs> yeah, the audience yeah. i start hearing the engines yeah, worrying and i hear churchill oh, doing his thing and it changed my life man it really this is did. unbelievable you saying this man i this is I, honestly i'm not lying that's exactly what happened to me with them oh really i was at school i took in a tape you know, like a, you used to take the boombox into school, right? You'd smuggle it in in your school bag. And you'd have cassettes. And I literally took a hip-hop mixed cassette out because my mate wanted to put the Maiden cassette in. 
and play it to me. And it was the same damn album, man. It's a life changer. I'm telling you. It happened and literally overnight. That was it. I was a Maiden fan. Same album, same intro, everything, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Great minds, Johnny. Great minds, right? <laughs> man. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, you're gonna have to I'm gonna have to hear this album. I'm gonna have to hear this album. Yeah, That's Steve, you've got to listen now, man. We've got to convert you. I mean, really, hasn't it been long enough, Steve? <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Speaking of Maiden, are you going to see the summer tour? Because I know they're doing like a best of tour. Um, I don't know. It's been a long time, uh, to be honest with you, since I've been into them. I think Seventh Son kind of finished me off with Maiden. And that's going back some ways, isn't it? I saw him play that at Donington. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw him back in the day. I think Somewhere in Time was the first time I saw them. Um, and then I saw them, yeah, I saw them twice headlining Donington, Monsters of Rock Festival. But I kind of, I think maybe, I think playing the stuff and learning how to play their stuff kind of spoiled it for me a little bit. Because once I got it down and then I'd started to realize that a lot of, they were kind of recycling a lot of things. Oh, yes. You know, I don't get this side of it. Yeah. And I kind of wish I hadn't because I'd probably still be more into them. But for me, anyway, learning the stuff, I was thinking, oh, it's this again. You know, I'd be sitting there. Oh, there's a new track. Let's have a go. Oh, yeah, it's this. And well, it's I will say like that, that a, a repeating formula. Yeah, I hear you. And there is a lot of going on in Maiden songs. So yeah, yeah. yeah. E, C, D, E again. <laughs> you know what it is? I honestly, I mean, I, I love Iron Maiden. They're they're not like. Um, it's not the first choice that I go to anymore, but they're a yeah. lifelong, you know, thing. Oh, with me. I'll always, but I'll, I th- I'll always love them. Yeah, I think the reason that I still go to the shows, even though I still think they put on great shows, and I do dig, I would say, I don't know, maybe sixty percent of what they're putting out these days. Um, yeah. it's it's a thing where I, I have a friend of mine named Matt uh, Bucket. Is uh, we call him the Bucket. So you know, Johnny Bucket, yeah. John. But you know what I'm saying? It's all tied <laughs> together, brother. It is all tied What's together. What's going on? What's this? Is all getting weird now? It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> Six degrees of separation kind of thing, right? Um, I'm telling you. But he's, that's, that, he lives for that band, basically. And it's the time, it's really like, you know, in my busy life these days, it's the only time I really get to see him. So it's kind of like, sort of like a special thing, almost like a holiday. You know what I mean? We go and check it out and it's a tradition. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, why no, I think that's I'll cool. always go. So I, I'll, yeah, they'll, yeah, yeah. they'll probably last more than I'm going to last. You know what I'm saying? Those guys are not stopping anytime <laughs> soon. No, no, definitely not. Oh, come on. Ladies and gentlemen. Do you understand? We might have to have Johnny Bucks on and Mick for just a simple music discussion because I have a lot of bass questions, a lot of Iron Maiden questions. A ton- I have a, I might have to ask you the Metallica question this time and see if you agree with Dan because I'm very interested in this whole, did they go downhill after, what album were we talking about, Dan? My, where I thought they went downhill? Yes. I think it started, I'm not saying they were there because they were actually probably at their their popularity peak at this time but i would say the black albums where it all kind of turned for me what about you johnny bucks for me a little bit sooner and justice for all was where it started to to go down although i do like that but it's famous that album is famous for having no bass on it yeah okay all right see now i'm glad you brought that up (laughs) because honestly i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off john but i agree with you 100 i i'm only changing my statement because yeah I was, it was still like, to me, it was like their last, like, thrashier album. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is why I do like it. Um, I saw him on that tour as well. And, um, and I got to meet him after the gig. So it's, it's going to be really, it is a special thing. And I did like Newstead, but for me, it was all about Cliff Burton. 
and I think really, and they cut. I think that I think the band have addressed this before, but I think one of the reasons that they suppressed the bass on the albums after Cliff was because they kind of didn't want to hear it because they didn't want to miss him. Do you know what I mean? I think there's some of that going on. I, th- I, I think I, th- I think hearing the bass brought it was kind of painful for them in a way because it reminded them of Cliff. But oh, wow. um, but 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 for me, the stuff that Cliff did in his his tragically short life um, was was an enormous influence on me, uh, and continues to be a massive influence on 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 bass players today. He was doing stuff with the bass that you know nobody had thought of doing before. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, man. The stuff that he does, it sounds like all kinds of stuff. He's got all kind of, he's wahs and octaves and octave pedals and distortion. And check out, Steve, check out Anesthesia Pulling Teeth off their very first album. It's it's like a. It's I was like literally going song. to bring that up right now. I was just going to say. Man, it's that. insane. He's got classical stuff going on, effects, just crazy, fast, mad runs. The guy was a genius and. Um, and uh, yeah, so for me, it's the first three albums, Metallica, and um, I don't know if they'll ever beat them. Well, and I saw them. I know, obviously, I never got to see them with Cliff, but I saw them with Newstead on. I think I've seen them about four times. But on the you know coming back up, I saw them play Wembley Stadium in London with Rob, oh, with, with Rob Trujillo on bass, who I was a big fan of anyway from his time with Ozzy and then before that with um, Infectious Suicidal Grooves. Tendencies, Suicidal Tendencies. Grooves. Yeah, yeah. Guy's a beast. I love the guy. Um, and and to hear him play with them live, again, on the records, they're still mixing the bass down a little bit too much. and uh, But to hear it live, it sounded like it should have sounded again. Because he's pl- he's, he's a fingerstyle player. And, um, and he's... He's just a great player, and 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 it sounded like it should have sounded to me. Um, the Newster did a good job, but essentially he's just doubling the rhythm guitar. This man knows what he's talking about, Steve. He knows what he's talking about. There's no see. I was going to ask him about. The, do you like? Do you play with a pick, or do you use your fin- do you finger the bass? I, I'm I'm finger style player. A um, little bit of slap as well. There but, it um, is. That's that's but, picking but doesn't mainly, do it for me. N- 99% well 95% finger style I never really got on with a pick I was never I never I like I like I felt detached from the strings a little while I prefer using my fingers see I'm learning the bit ba- like I told you and my big problem is muting like it rings and a lot of people do the whole yeah. putting that little uh strap on the end of the neck I don't like doing that I was like I just want to mute it and that's the big thing with when I listen to Jocko Donna Lee the fact yeah. that he's muting those strings is insane to me I'm like, yeah, how yeah, yeah, crazy. It's insane to me. It is, yeah, yeah. Those those little things, you know, the little um the little uh hairband things that you put around the end, that's a fairly recent development. And they are yeah. good. I I, I I use one on my five string bass um when I'm recording because you get that sympathetic sort of ringing going on the, the more strings yes. makes it more difficult yes. i grew up on a four so my muting on a four is pretty solid because we didn't have those so you kind of had to get good at, 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 at muting it and again i find that easier using my fingers now do you mute with uh with your left hand or do you just do the whole you know some of you would just say where my thumb lands it mutes the string wherever my thumb is yeah i use, I, the... I, I, I use the thumb usually 
Okay. Um, if I'm playing, okay. if I'm if I'm playing on the A, I'll have my thumb on the E. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm playing, on but the when you're up, but if you're if you're on the E, yeah, if you're on the E, what do you do? Uh, I normally rest it on the pickup. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. These are little tricks that I really need. <laughs> I really need. These, I know people are listening like, what are they talking about? Yeah, let's but get, it's let's hard, get, man. Let's, let's do a video Skype sometime, man. And, and I'll, Yes. I'll do, you do, have I'll, I'll to show me because it's a. No problem. It's so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating. I mean, like sometimes you just have to put it up and say, you don't forget it. I'm done for the day. It's not working. <laughs> but it's, it's just not working. But there's stuff you can do with your left hand as well that helps a lot as well. So I, I, it's basically a combination of both in the way I do it. Okay. Okay. Now to the original question. So you're saying you do like the, you think the Black Album is okay or do you not like Metallica's Black Album? Uh, it's okay. Wow. Alive. Really? It's, it's better live. When they play those tunes live, particularly with Rob on bass. Okay. They, okay. They, 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 they're, they're great. They're really good live. But yeah, that album, I, yeah, I wasn't, there was some, uh, Sad But True is a beast of a tune. Sad, Sad But True, I think is the best track on that album, but. Um, it really is. But um, yeah, there's some good ones on there, but I'd say it's kind of 50-50 for me. Have you ever heard the uh, the remixed Injustice for All where they actually brought the bass up? Yeah, I did hear that, yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't very mixed. I mean, it wasn't mixed as yeah. well as it should have been. I did think it, it sounded better. better, but that's where I totally agree with you that he was completely just, you know, mimicking the rhythm guitar. Pretty much I think that's all they let him do. You know, Probably cer- so. certainly in those early days, I know they they were pretty uh pretty um well, I think they've admitted they kind of bullied him really in the early days. For quite a while, from what I understand, yeah, it was like a, like a, like a hazing thing they did. They yeah, called him new and kid. It just and kind of always... went on and on. And I think the guy, because you hear work he's done outside of that, or when he used to get the chance to do a solo live, you know, he'd be killing it. And it always felt like he had so much more to offer, but he wasn't allowed to um, express himself. You know, he was kind of there to do what he was told to do, kind of thing. Yeah, I do think that they held him back. I the first time that I, you know, when I first heard that there was this new guy named Jason Newstead that was going to join Metallica, of course yeah, yeah. I'm going to research this because like who yeah, the yeah. hell is going to replace Cliff, right? Yeah, so of course I come upon um, and sorry to get in the weeds, Steve, but uh, Doomsday for the Deceiver, a band called Flotsam and Flotsam Jetsam. And Jetsam. I don't know if you, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And there's a song I believe it is. Is it Doomsday for the Deceiver? I think it might be. It's been a while since I've heard that, or is it Metal Shock? Maybe it's Metal Shock. Anyway, sorry, but uh, there is a bass solo. There's a bass solo on that album that really shows how good he was. So I was just so excited when I, you know, when I found out he was going to be there. And then, of course, to hear uh, basically three guitars was a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I really love this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this conversation because for me, for me, listening to the Black Album, that was when like in when I was in school that is the thing that got. I was like, you know what, rock isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah, it, it grooves, man. I think that's that's one of the good things about uh, about Metallica um, is that there's a groove to their metal, you know. And, yes, and it's the groove that's always appealed to me. Yes, the, that's the, the why one I made you yes. find thing in all the music I like is groove. You know, I, I, same with I me. used to say I like soul music in that I like music with soul. It doesn't matter what genre, genre it is. Yes. What, it could be anything. Totally. 
But if there's a soul there, if there is pe- being played by people that mean it, and there's a groove to it, you know. If I mean all the music I like, regardless of genre, it, there's, you know, you can dance to it if you want to. You know, you can you can you can get down. You're nodding your head while you're listening to it. You know what I mean? Totally. Absolutely. That's the only reason a friend of mine, it was just like Dan. Dan got me into the Foo Fighters and another friend said, hey, check out Dave Matthews Band. I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But then I listened to a CD. I was like, oh, wait. Their music, like the musicians in the band are just solid. Oh, yeah. Off the chain. I yeah. mean, Carter Buford, man. Goodness gracious. <laughs> what on earth? Where did they find that dude? <laughs> Great. I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. To the point I had to get online of like, let me watch this dude play. Cause listening to it, I said, no way. Where did they get this guy from? And you can groove to it. Some of it's like, you know, they go into six four or weird uh timings, but you can still generally groove to Dave Matthews. Same with the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters have soul. So when Dan hooked me into him, I was like, you know what? This is, they have like grooves going on here. Yeah. And I think that's, like you said, that's why Metallica, when I heard Inner Sandman, I'm like, you can nod your head. You don't have to bang your head to this one. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is a groovy yeah. song for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of Metallica fans are not into that song. It just took them like, a little uh, while, man. Yeah. It took them a little while to get used from banging their heads to just nodding their head a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it felt a lot more commercial. Yes. Which, is, which was great for the band because it broke. That's the album that broke them into the mainstream. Um, but I think a lot of the the fans that were there from the first few albums, it's always about you know, and the band know it, man. You know, they get up there and they're playing. They bust out Master of Puppets, and they know everyone's going to lose their shit. They know that the place is going to proper kick off when they hit those kind of tunes. You know, they bust out really Creeping Death or something like that from, uh, and people are going to go mental. So it's always my favorite highlight. You know what I mean? Yeah, in my brain, people go crazy for, in my brain, people go crazy for Inner Sandman. That's in my brain. I'm like, oh, they're going to play the hits. And in my brain, those are the hits. And in uh, Metallica's fan brains, those aren't the hits. I mean, you know, you, you, you take your girlfriend to a Metallica concert. And she and everybody else's girlfriend and every or if a girl's there and she's the fan and her boyfriend, she's dragged him along regardless or people have just gone along because they're curious or the or you know and the sandman that's their jam you know they're, they're gonna go mad because they know that one yes you know yes you for, sure. for sure it's like yes. it's like with my alice keeper tribute band that i, that I play in. everyone wants poison right oh really no we hate we hate it we hate <laughs> it right <laughs> It's awful, but we have to play it like it's the biggest song of the night because it is for the majority of people that are there. So, you know, we have big, great big shit-eating grins on our faces and we're loving it. And it does help you to enjoy playing it, but at the same time, you're having to play a song that you're not really into, man. But that's the one that people want. It's like a trade-off for the energy, right? You're feeding off the energy. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know, we want to do some obscure deep album cut, do you know what I mean? But, (laughs) you know... You got to think about what they want. That is totally true, totally true. And here's a question from him. I've always wondered this: How large is Wembley Stadium? Like it looks massive on video. Is it that big? Well, the old one used to take eighty thousand. I think. Oh my gosh, was it eighty five? Yeah, that Dang, really that's is. a lot it's of big. people. Yeah, yeah, it's a big old. That place. is a massive place. Can take about eighty 
80,000, but it's got giant arches you can see from five miles along. Is it 80,000? That sounds like a lot. Yeah, but... um, I don't know. I'm not sure on that. It's big, though. It is big. See, the, the reason I ask about Wembley is because... The reason I ask about Wembley is because when I used to see Michael Jackson on video... Oh, it yeah, looked man. like it was a sea of people. Yeah. I'm like, that is a stadium? Yeah, that's quite close. It's like, that doesn't yeah. even seem yeah. real. It's, it's pretty big. I saw, I've seen some great bands there, man. I saw Guns N' Roses there. Nice. Well, the old one or the new Yeah, man. No, the, you know, the old one back in 91. But how do you guys see, how do you stand up and not worry about being crushed against either the sides or the front? We're old. Yeah, we're, we're tough as nails, mate. You know, and mix 285. <laughs> no one's fucking with me. <laughs> no, no, I'm there is a bit of that. To be honest, it does get a bit like that. I would be in there being like, "Ow, ow!" I'd be in there like, "Ow, you're hurting me." <laughs> I used to be known as Little Mickey because I was a small one. I used to have mates, like regular mates, like three eighty, four twenty, seven footers, wow, big boys. Until yeah. that fateful night, that fateful storm, huh, Mick? When everything changed That's for indeed. you. Everything changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when the lightning struck you. Uh, that was the end. Now, Mick, Mick, when did you, who have you seen at Wembley? Uh, Rose Stones, uh, Pink Floyd Dish, Roger Waters. Wow. I used to work security. And uh, the main events were at Wembley Arena, which is used to be next door. And that's got 16,000 in it. And I saw lots and lots and lots of bands. But me, I'm not a metal boy. Never have been. I'm more into the alternative punk, psychedelic sort of scene. My favourite band, Joy Division, yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice. I knew Dan was going to be all over. Well, it. this actually brings. Um, I got a question for you, Mick, if you don't mind me. I, I didn't want to mean to cut you off you there. Keep, and if no, I do, no, keep leading in. I need you to prompt me anyway. And by the way, I never, guys, I'm never meaning to talk over you. This is definitely a Skype thing. Well, no, that's because you're Americans and you don't understand the British pause. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Actually, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 we're not, we're tell not them, shitting you, man. Them. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who works for a company and they do a lot of conference calls with the states. Yeah. And I mentioned that I'd been chatting with you, Dan, the other night. And uh, we kept kind of talking over each other. And I was thinking, oh, I'm just I'm just excited. So I keep blurting out. But uh, he said, no, actually, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that they experience in their business when they're talking across the pond is that um, we have differing speech patterns. The, uh, and we find it hard to recognize that in, e- in each other. So they find it a lot that when they're talking, they pause and the, and the American guys think they've stopped. So they start talking. And we're doing the same the other way around too. That is pretty interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? But as we invented the language, you should take our lead, gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Come on, it is English after all. We are in charge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Word! Steve, Wembley Stadium capacity is 90,000. 90,000. 90,000. Whoa! Mix, just check that, yeah. Really? So what was your question, Steve? You were going to ask me something. Oh, actually, I was going to be the one that asked you this here. Oh, Dan, sorry. No worries. So is it okay for me to talk about what you guys sent to me and Steve? Yeah, of course, man. All right. So do you, before I get into that, um, do you, is there anything that you guys want to say about that before I start talking about it? 
as far as like do you do you have a name for it yet or anything literally it was our version of your pre-game so good we thought we'd do for fun and send to you i was sitting on the sofa in johnny boy's house watching some stuff and i turned around and said hey hang on a minute why don't we do a pre-game? Yes. And he went in here, and the boy's technical. I'm not technical. I can just talk, right? <laughs> but he set it all up. He showed me all this logic, and I'm surrounded by stuff in his mini sci-fi games studio. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at, like, Silver Surfer, Watchmen, yeah, Millennium Falcon screaming out of his wall in 3D, bases, everything in here, yeah? And I thought... We can do this because we sit and talk English now. We talk bollocks all the time. <laughs> and I thought, we can do this. And then the man edited it down to 38 minutes. I listened to it and thought, hey, we're pretty good at this. We can do this. And I thought, you guys inspired us. Yeah. Because I'd have never have done it. Because I said to me, he said to me a long time ago, oh, let's do a podcast. And I went, no, 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 you've got to be all perfect and it's got all this studio equipment and did I not last night apologise and I don't know <laughs> yeah. did I not apologise to you <laughs> yeah he did I did heartfelt I ain't wrong all the time but when I am I'm man enough to admit it yeah <laughs> and I says I was wrong let's do this you know that's awesome do this. if you guys can do this we can do exactly. this exactly yeah. totally dude so, totally the thing is you've got that whole dynamic American thing we Brits are a little bit more laid back. Well, we are. Because, like, you know what I mean? I'm so lazy, I don't do things I like. <laughs> Same with me. Same with me. Good luck. Same with me. Oh, I've got to tell you the beers that we're drinking at the moment. It's from your home country by Tailgate Beers, and it's peanut butter milk stout. Whoa. And it is the bomb. Whoa. Yeah, they brought this down for us to to drink while we chat to you guys. See, Dan is the beer guy. Dan is the beer man. Having a, having a little sip. You can get it on Amazon for like 28 quid, which will be about $35 for you guys for 12 cans. Honestly, it's really, really, if you like peanut butter, and they got a rhubarb one as well, if you like that sort of thing. But yeah, it's well not. So you I, certainly got you certainly have my attention on that. There, I'm always <laughs> looking for something different to drink. I think it's, they might be American, our first sponsor. Well, the thing is, you, your American beers now, your micro beers, yeah. Uh, yes. Br- Britain got swamped by crap beer and got taken over by three big companies, and they just produced rubbish. Carlsberg, yeah. Then you lot came along, and then there's beard culture. We have. Uh, what are they calling the beardy boys? Hipsters. Hipsters, yeah. You got yeah. hipsters in your... Oh, my oh, God. We, do we ever. Do we these, ever. these guys, though, our hipsters have wax mustaches. How about oh, you yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suspenders. Some of them have suspenders, too. They're all right, because they know how to get money, and then they know how to funnel it. And all over Britain, there's like tiny little, you know, what used to be like a corner shop. It's now a brew house. And they just import brews. And sometimes it's a bit expensive, but... I've got this at my local, where I made my first podcast I sent to you, the pub. Um, they had it in there. It's the only place I found it in the Midlands. So I brought a couple of cans down to see if Johnny likes it. So I like, hey, got a bit of a drink and he likes a bit of peanut butter. And it's proper <laughs> peanut butter. It's really nice. Yeah. It's by Tailgate. So anyway, that's our sponsor's done. Please, please send, me a, send me a link for that, please. I would love to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. It's an interesting flavor. Yeah, what is your, what is your beer of choice, Dan? Uh, IPA. IPA. I was close. 
Mate, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I love Definitely. it, man. Yeah, yeah. So do you guys have access to America? I mean, you just told me that you can get them on Amazon, but are you mm-hmm. able... Have you ever heard of a company called Drake's? No. 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 All right. Find this or I'll find it for you. I may have to get one of these out to you. It is <laughs> okay. now. I'm it, it, down, doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that the uh, the alcohol content or the APV or whatever is uh, what is it? Um, Nine point seven five, I believe. Whoa. Yeah, but it's called uh, Drake's Denogonizer, and they say it for a reason. <laughs> I bet it does. Yeah, it denogonizes you real quick, but it's really good. <laughs> it's actually pretty smooth and it tastes really good. That's kind of my choice, but obviously you you can't really drink. I, I'm a, I'm not a big guy. I'm not mixed. No, that's cool because my old man is Paddy. Was Paddy? He was only four foot six, little fella. My, really? My yeah. mum, she's Burmese. Her father comes from the hills, and they're all big chaps. My grandfather's six one, lived till he was hundred. Oh wow! You know, proper like big hill man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I get my genetics from. Yeah, he's got like um, Genghis Khan blood, haven't you, man? Yeah, well, I've got the blood of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you guys? Have you guys? No, don't you tell him? No, no, no. I'm going to no, tell no, him. No, I'm going to no, tell no. him, man. You t- no, I'm telling him. Have you <laughs> have you seen Night at the Museum? Yes. Right. Do you remember Genghis Khan? Yes. That's Mick. Do you really? Ah, oh, the bit. There's a bit there in the film. Where he kind of chokes up and gives the man a hug, gives Ben Stiller a hug. Do you remember that bit? Attila the Hun. Attila the Hun. That's yeah. it. Attila I know. You, I know, but I just know who you're, you're talking dude. about. Yeah. You know that guy. That's just so Mick, man. I'm actually pulling him up on my phone right oh, now, mate, just for reference. Honestly, that's his, the dude. His five-year-old daughter at the time. No, no, it's your son, wasn't it? it yeah, it's my, my boy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like he five. He just looked at me. We're watching it, and he goes. That's Uncle Mickey. That's Uncle Mickey, yeah. <laughs> there you are, man. Yeah, that, that's pretty much him, man. So, because I've got his butt, I've got like a sort of oxid, not an occidental look, a sort of Eurasian look, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But he really looks like that dude, man. And like, you know, I do cry on occasion. Like, yeah, and when he does choke up, he looks exactly like him in that bit. <laughs> that's the bit that gets me. It's like, oh man, look, look, that's Mick. Everybody, everybody's got a um, doppelganger. Who, you, Steve? Anyone? You think? Uh, <laughs> anybody tell you you look like anybody? Um, they used to say, "Okay, this is so in the weeds. You're not going to know who this is." But Cuba Gooding Jr. used to have a br- has a brother, a little brother, and they used to think I okay. looked like him, Omar Gooding Jr. And so I was like, <laughs> "I get it," because he was in a mo- what was that show called? Some Nickelodeon show. And they're like. When I was in high school, they're like, you look like him. But now, I mean, Cuba Gooding is the only Gooding people know. So that's, I was like, well, it would have been nice if it was a different Gooding. <laughs> if I had to look at myself in the mirror and like, and like, you know, say who I think I'd look like, it would be like if Adam Sandler and Gilbert Godfrey fucked. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> that's what I look like. That Steve. is not true, Dan. Stop it. Would you agree with that, Steve? No, that is ridiculous, Dan. Have, have you, I, that's why I feel. got someone for him? Who would you say, Steve? I would say Dan. I mean, Dan is a, he doesn't like to say this. Dan's like an, he is an objectively handsome guy. Like people would look at him and be like, he's a good looking fella. Yeah. There's no question. It's totally true. No, I'm just kidding. You can hear yeah, It's voice. true. You know, it's, <laughs> but we've asked people and people are like, yeah, handsome, uh, Dan's a handsome cat. So you don't have a look. You look like a, now you do look Asian. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, you look Asian. That that's what I would say. You look in like an, a normal everyday Asian cat, maybe Filipino. Islander. I get that a lot too. I get that a lot too. Yeah, so that's what you look. But you, I don't. I think you're hard on yourself, Dan. Oh, why not? What the hell? Someone's got to be right. What about you? <laughs> what guess. about you, Bucket? What are you? Yeah. Uh, oh, I called you Bucket like you're my buddy, like my friend Bucket. But I got to call you Bucks, man. You're Johnny Bucks. Sorry. Who do you look like? Who's your Who's your doppelganger? Ah, oh, I don't know. I'm just a generic white dude. With a name like Johnny Bucks, you can totally stand to just look like yourself, man. Yeah. It's going to be like, who? you know what it is? It's who looks like Johnny Bucks. That's the question. <laughs> Therein lies the question. I'm grasping at straws here, but on Prime Video, you know, they've got Vikings. You ever seen that scene? Okay, Mixie, I'm glad you no. brought that up. And the guy who's the son, who's the nutcase. Uh-huh. I don't know a great deal about him. My mate watches it. If you put on muscle and a wider face profile, Johnny kind of looks like that. Oh, wow. Very, very Viking, yeah. striking. I'm, I'm, I'm a Viking-looking guy. I know guy, I'm a big yeah. dude, but John, John, John ain't small, you know. I mean, he's what, I don't know, 225, something like that. Yeah, about that. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's yeah, got a little 625. heft to you. Oh, hey, man, I knew him when he was one seventy-five. <laughs> 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 I went to Iceland recently, and um, I've been I've I've been there before, uh, but I went back in January. Yeah, they wouldn't let me go because I was too old. Took my wife for a birthday, special treat. Um, and I, I I tell you, I feel so at home up there. That's awesome. And it's the only place I've ever been on holiday where I kept being mistaken for a local. He is, man. Whoa. People were coming up to me and speaking in Icelandic, and I'm like, sorry, mate, I'm English. Wow. So I guess, I guess I've got a bit of that kind of look about me, I suppose. But um. Now, am I to understand? See, I gotta see, now I got to see a good picture of Bucks, because I don't, I, I got to get a, a good picture of both <laughs> you and Mixie, because I don't know what y'all, I, your, your, your profile pictures are so angled in a way, I'll be like, he could be anybody. <laughs> You're... There is an element there of mystery to you two gentlemen. I will say that. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah, do they really so, look well, like? I don't have the dreadlocks anymore. I got one for you, uh, Steve. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of a sci-fi program called Red Dwarf? I'm listening to the book right now. Yeah, listen. Read the book, listen to the book, watch the TV show. It is okay. fundamentally some of the best sci-fi, but comedy, essentially British, essentially and there's a character in it called Cat. Yep. I Danny, know exactly who that is. Danny John, Danny John Jules, yeah? He's the actor. Yeah. Take him out of the cat outfit. He's a bit older now. Go back 20 years. That's you, boy. He is that right? Like <laughs> no, Johnny's agreeing with me. Look. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. On I Google, see that. right? Listening to the book is a very... It took a while to get going, but once a thing happens and everything changes, you're like, oh, well, this just got intriguing. And then the the cat person or the, I can't even ruin it for people. The person <laughs> that ends up on the ship, how he ends up there, you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. Honestly, watch the TV show. It's different. Than yeah, it's books, just funny. Because yeah? Grant I will like, definitely check it out. I'll definitely check it out. That's an amalgam of two guys, yeah? That oh, wow. And they fell out, and there are two different streams of the book. But they approach certain sci-fi and science concepts years before anybody else. And stuff that 
it's very British and our humour is a little bit less in your face than you, you guys can be. Though saying that, some of my favourite comedy does come from America. Seinfeld, uh, Frasier. Um, what's that other one with um, a spin-off from Seinfeld? Oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Shit, man. No. Oh, that's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's got the water bottle and he's dehydrated. That's just brilliant. He's such an arsehole. Oddly enough, I like British, like The Office. I don't think it's, I think the British version is way better than the American yeah. version. The British version of The Office is, in, in, and I loved uh, Ricky, Ricky Gervais is what got me okay. into English comedy is because, um, I, I watched that and I watched um, extras and I was like, yo, I like this comedy better than the in your face, slap me in the face comedy. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't even like watching what he's about to do, but it's really good. We do a lot of uh, comedy of embarrassment. And oh, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Johnny Boy had to beat me up for me to watch that as I don't like. Yeah, I still have a little bit of mm, because I think he's a little bit nasty. Right, but it took me really two years. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't approach things quickly. I was like, nah, yeah, nah, nah. because like all my travels, I go away, mm. and in the day, Johnny would video everything for me, <laughs> and I come back. <laughs> And I spend like a week watching everything play catch. Yeah, be like, dude, come on, you gotta watch this. You missed this. Yeah, like, watch that. And I'm like, wow, because like back in the day, when I was, you know, I travelled all the time. But back in the day, you didn't have a phone. I mean, I'd send a postcard. It might take six months to get to you, you know. And there was no, you could phone anybody. You couldn't. So um, yeah, and I'd come back, and John would have just taped everything for me. And there's loads of shows that are just thankfully he. Kept me on track, you know what I mean? Because as you know, we are primarily sci-fi, sci-fi brothers. Yeah, man. On the subject of British comedy, now you both have sent me something for obvious reason, and yeah, it's uh, regarding Alan Partridge. <laughs> now I have no prior experience of this guy, but what you've sent to me the whole the whole Dan thing is fucking that hilarious. Is so funny. So, who is this guy? Tell me a little bit about this, him. This is something that I really wanted to talk about on uh, on, the, <laughs> on on this show. Alan Partridge, he's the creation of uh, a comedian called Steve Coogan. That you, uh, funny enough, is in um, Night at the Museum. He was the Centurion dude. I knew he looked familiar, man. Okay, that yeah, makes yeah, more yeah. sense. He's, he's popped up in a few um, US movies. He dated Court. I think he dated Courtney Love for a while. I watched him. I watched <laughs> a movie with him eating. Oh yeah, the trip. Yes, I loved. I was like, "This is really yeah, good." Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's him and another guy, Rob Bryden, going yeah. around restaurants, really good, doing impressions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that guy, yeah, he 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 created this character, Steve Coogan, who's basically um, Alan Partridge, who's essentially a, a really kind of hopeless TV presenter. He's kind of a, an amalgam of all the worst aspects of the most sort of cheesy cringy tv presenter kind of person he started off on a radio show called on the hour uh, that became a tv show called the day today that's you've got to check that out the day today it was him uh, and another comedian called chris morris and some other guys they put this spoof news um show together 
that for a moment when you watch it, you think it's an actual news show. <laughs> and then you're like, hang on a minute. That's weird. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about portable cemeteries. Portable cemetery. Into, yeah, there was this thing. It was, <laughs> where, uh, it was like part of the one of the little spots was like a environmental reporter, and she was saying, "Oh yeah, they've they've developed these portable cemeteries that fold up into like a little trailer and gets towed away." It's just mental, and you're thinking, oh, "Hang on, there's something's going on here <laughs> that can't be real." Um, but they'd done it so closely to a real news show, it, it, you know, it kind of blurred the lines. And he was the sports reporter on that and the character was really successful and he ended up sort of spinning off into his own his own chat show called knowing me knowing you with alan partridge that's another thing to to check out had the abba song you know knowing me knowing you uh-huh uh-huh yep. i was gonna say i was about i um, i had to stop yeah, myself yeah. from singing well, it goes aha doesn't it and that became his catchphrase the house band would go, knowing me, knowing you. And then he'd walk out and go, aha! And everybody would applaud. <laughs> ah! that is, it's, honestly, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, oh, I'm all over. And then they did sure. like a sort of TV documentary about where they were kind of like, <laughs> they're like following him around, oh, like making a documentary about him because uh, he ends up living in like a, a, Travel a, a motel. <laughs> yeah because um, he, he his his chat show ends because he accidentally shoots someone dead in the in the final episode. I actually know somebody. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it's just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, really well observed, really beautifully performed bit of comedy. Now, where can I find this? Where can we find this if we want to watch um, it? Yeah, you might have to. I don't know. I don't know. The problem is, is this, this is the problem we got because your streaming services content is quite different from oh, the same services content here. But you could go to Amazon and oh. actually get the So there's stuff on your Netflix that isn't on our Netflix. There's stuff on your Amazon that isn't on our Amazon. I just heard about that, that the Netflix thing is a lot different because that movie that I was talking about that's just opened up here called Annihilation, I heard you guys are getting that on Netflix already. We get it on Netflix, but not until the 12th of March. Oh, okay. All right. But still, that's pretty damn good. I mean, that's cool that you guys don't even have to go out for something like that. I know. And we've got we've got Star Trek Discovery on our Netflix here. That's freaking soon. Yeah. For real. That's not even fair. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't have to sign up to CBS or any of that. No, it's, it's on our Netflix. Come on. It's fundamentally. I mean. Yeah. I, we've been telling you, haven't we, to watch that. It is, it is I superb. S- I saw the... But I appreciate it's hard, it's hard for you guys to watch it because it, it's so restricted. I watched exactly. Star yeah. Trek the first time round. Yeah, yeah, Five I watched it back in the 60s. 69 I watched that, yeah? yeah. All my family are named after characters, <laughs> cult TV, or sci-fi, because my mum is a proper sci-fi bird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my awesome. pets are named after sci-fi characters. So yeah. my mum used to watch it, and then my sister used to watch it. She sent us up a bed at six o'clock, but my mum's TV on loud, Asian style, yeah. <laughs> and the guy opposite in the, the 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 house opposite us, he had a big old funky television. It was like a telefunken. It was about forty inches, big CRT thing, yeah, blaring out, yeah. And uh, I used to watch it through my window, listening to it on delay. <laughs> With my mum, first time round. Now, I've watched all of them, every single one. 
And some of them are very bad. Some of them are very good. Some series that I won't even entertain to speak their name. But <laughs> Discovery is the best <laughs> out of all of them. It is. Well, it's all there. It's just really, really good. It is, I recommend good. it. It is. You know, you say 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 9 out of 10. This is 10 out of 10. This is 10 out of 10. There's At one point, yeah. I stood up and shouted, and my wow. neighbour came over and asked me if there was something wrong. <laughs> and I knew that Johnny did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I did. Exactly I did. the same point. Yeah, it, there's some real big twists and shocks like, in it. It's oh, great. Man, it's, it's really just good. like, no, nah, I didn't. Let's wait and see things coming. I know films work. I don't know how you write stuff. I watched yeah, yeah. four or five movies. I got my own passes. I go to the movies all the time. Constantly watching films, constantly reading. And it just threw me. I thought I wasn't expecting that. And yeah. then it kept going on and it kept going on. And then it was like, so what's going on next? And the final arc. Yeah. Uh, you, no. Yeah, what, it, what, is, what it is. It's jaw dropping. I reckoned it was this. I went, nah, it can't be that. Nah, nah, that's, that's just two hours. <laughs> and then bang, next episode, doof, I phoned him up and said, you fuck up. <laughs> really sorry, I did actually say that. I know you can probably cut that out. Please <laughs> do you can. So, but yeah. best program on TV comes out of uh, North America. I think but, it's Canadian based, aren't it? But yeah, then, yeah, and we get it on Netflix for. For free. Well, you know, well, we've got to pay a subscription, but yeah, it's just bang it straight that on. That is amazing. Now, here's here's a bit of a, a nerd question for you. A bit. Yeah. Which, because you're comic book guys, I'm going to ask a question, and this may cause a bit Ooh. of a feud between Ooh. maybe Dan and yourself and maybe Mick. Maybe. You guys might agree. All right. Which comic all time made a bigger impact the Watchman or Preacher? Let's get a rotation going here. Okay, okay, go ahead. I'm not going to answer this because I can't. So that's why I asked it. Mick, you're up. Without question, oh. I don't like Preacher. <gasps> yeah, controversial people. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Heroes of Noise. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, sorry about the show. We will definitely get back and do something a little bit better for you next week. Just kidding, Mick. Just kidding. Mick, Mick is a Heroes of Noise fan. <laughs> I, I am not into preacher at all. I think really that Watchmen had a far greater impact on comic books because everything that I've read about it and some of my most favourite writers and uh, pencilers and inkers have all said fundamentally I mean Neil Gaiman says it's the greatest ever graphic novel he's, that's what wow. he's stated Preacher is great, don't get me wrong it's just not to my taste and that bum-faced character, I threw the comment <laughs> at John, didn't I? He did, I yeah. I really <laughs> tried. I really I said, tried, guys. This. This is, he got my sister into it and he's like polluting her mind with this. <laughs> It's mix, it's, it's mix. Bad. It's just I'm a little bit. Yeah, you're not good with the with the with the, the gruesome stuff, are you? You don't you won't catch me on that slock and all that. Yeah, he's not into the blood and guts and the brains watch. up the wall and stuff. I watched the first season when I thought, you know, because I like Dominic and that, you know, the Mustang girl and all that, and the vampire. It's all good, but then with this gunslinger, you know, sorry if there's anybody's never seen it, but I want to talk about it anyway. If you haven't seen it, killers. shoot off. 
Dan is het voor gewoon mos is. Is mos mos die daar voor mos die daar staan voor mos die daar nog niet. Wat zo dat motel nonsens. Oh mate, that seems amazing. No, hey, it's just nasty, nasty. So for me, Watchmen. I won't say anymore. Okay, that's what one vote for Watchmen. Johnny, you're up. Two votes for Watchmen. Two votes for Watchmen. Oh, snap! Yeah, I'm, I love them both. Don't get me wrong. Um, and for me, yes. the, the the complete run of Preacher is the best comic book I've ever read. Sorry, mate. But oh, for no, me, no, it's, no. it's, it's it edges it. But for impact and significance in the history of comic books, it's Watchmen all the way. Because if, if Watchmen hadn't happened, we wouldn't have a Preacher. Oh, interesting. That's true. That's interesting. It's like Akira. Without Akira, there's no ghost in the shell. You know? Yeah. And that's, in my opinion, the best animated movie He's... ever made. Yeah. The original. It's... I still have... I've found John up after seeing it the first time. And I was lucky enough to see it at a university campus where a Japanese student who was studying anime actually had the film on the screen that they got there. And then afterwards there was a and a and on walked the director and Whoa. two of the writers and two of the animators. And I was like, shit. And then the guy who wrote the music score, because fundamentally that changed my oh, life. Oh man, the score I on that film. I still have it echoing in my head. And the wow. scene where the plane is flying over is beyond real. I actually cried when I saw that. That's how good that was. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That is great when something can move you like that. You know what I mean? Well, if you don't release your emotions, right? We'll we'll get onto that when we maybe talk about the movie that we'll watch. But um, oh (laughs) man, uh, oh oh, and this is us. That's another chat. But oh come on, man! Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But back to this watchman thing, Dan. What do you reckon? Honestly, my honest opinion is Watchmen has a bigger impact than Preacher, by far. And, you know, here's the deal. Preacher's very, I've always said that, especially even about like our audience and our show, <clears throat> the word, is that it's very niche You know what I mean? It's very, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very specific group of people that like that. Whereas I feel that with Watchmen, it hit way more. It, it, um, it, hit, a, it hit a bigger population. It was more mainstream. And I think mm-hmm. it affected even, you know, it down the line, it affected, for instance, they're not making Preacher spinoffs as far as, uh, you know, like, for instance, Doomsday Clock, or you guys, I'm sure you're familiar with Doomsday Clock, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's still carrying on like that. And I think that it's just, for some reason, it, it, it seems more accessible to me. I think the story is a little more timeless. And the characters, there's something that you can, whereas you have, you know, Jesse Custer and crew that you, you have in this one, they're sort of parked in their own little world right there. Yeah. The, the Watchmen... You know, you can you can just put them anywhere, kind of, and it it, it just seems to work. Um, now, I will say that I'm not the like the biggest fan of Watchmen. I can't I can't sit there and recite Watchmen like crazy. I have read it, some of it, not all of it, but I think that by far it would definitely have to be Watchmen. I just think that Preacher is is something that is an acquired taste, mm-hmm. and like like Mick says, there is a lot of gore in it and a lot of you know like over the top things. Now, I agree with Johnny in the fact that I also think that it is probably the greatest comic story ever written but the boys has a very is running very close gentlemen but the boys, uh, yeah, yeah yeah 
I've read I've read the first volume, Dan. I, we we chatted the other night, didn't we, about this? And I've yeah, read, I've yeah. Na- I have now read volume one. Oh, so and good. Uh, most most excited Ooh. about reading more of it. Yeah, it's 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 a it's, it's very addicting. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, so for lack of a long winded answer to you, yeah, by far I think that it's. I mean, it's, it's a huge difference. I really do think that Watchmen is the more influential. You know, uh, it carries over a lot more than Preacher would. I've got a question for you boys, though. If you would right. want to entertain such Ooh, a thing. Yes. Never mind about series okay. or graphic novels. What is your most favorite single issue story of the comic book genres? Which one? Just this is the one. Mm. This is the one. If I'm, me and Johnny have argued so much over this over the years, fine. The, the one that now you've got your entire comic book collection, and that's the only issue you're allowed to have because the rest have been taken away. That's the one that you're going to be on the desert island with. Which one is it? Mm. Can't be part of a series like no. a four parter. It's got to be a single issue. Single right? issue, standalone. Which one is it? Okay. Go ahead, Steve. First issue of the boys that I've never been hooked into a comic that quickly before. I mean, it just literally put the dagger in. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm in. Preacher took me a while to get into. Like, it took me reading and reading and reading. Then I was like, oh, this is interesting. The boys hooked me. The theme hooked me. I was like, this is such a, a singularly specific clever idea that I just fell in love with it. So I would say the first issue of the nice. book. That's a really good answer, man. But And I, and I, I hope you don't uh, think I'm biting on your style or anything like that. But after, you know, again, reading it yes, again, yes. and Johnny, maybe you, you can, you know, relate to this, being that it's fresh in your head, even though it may not be your opinion. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Um, I know you have thousands of comics where you're a much bigger comic fan than I am. I would have to say that it's a bit of a runner between, it's a tie between the first issue of the boys. And I would have to say probably the last issue, even though it, it's something where it's like, you, you have to kind of know what's going on with it. There is something about the last issue of preacher. Some of the visuals in the panels of the last issue of preacher. preacher I'm telling you, man, I'm sorry. I know. I know. I, I apologize. I, 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 I tend to be a bit of a one track mind. Neither of you have answered the question. It is stand alone. This is one story. One issue, not a continuation, not the first part, not the last part. One single issue. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> hey, one you d- single story. I don't. What even the hell, know. Mick? I you didn't give even... you didn't give Steve shit in his series. What? Yeah. Let me see here. Um. <laughs> Both of you, man. Come on. I have one. I've got it. I've got it, guys. Oh, you got it. Go for it. What is because it? Because it is standalone. It was one issue. Is it though? Hold on, I might be bullshitting you again. No, 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 no. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with this here. Um, go for it. Now it's just the way that I read this here. I don't think this was an issue. So correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. But it's also a very recent one for me. I'm going to have to go with Donny Cates' God Country. Oh, that is a one-off. I believe that's a one-off, if I'm not mistaken. Gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you? Do you have any any uh, reference to this at all? Yeah, yeah, I've read that. That's that's very, very, very good. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. You know, Mick, I really liked it. I thought it was just a really powerful one-shot. 
And it had a lot to deal with family and loss and things like that. And for lack of turning this into some sad story, I kind of related to it, even though it had nothing to do with my father. Just that fact of having there's something these days going on with me where it's like father son shit really gets to me. And I think it was just the timing that I read that there. Oh, but uh, but let me <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the movie. Welcome to the Heroes of Noise. We're hitting that film again. <laughs> You should have seen that film again. Jolly boy, yesterday, man. Wow. Oh, <laughs> come on. Beautiful. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Come on, single issue, man. Um, me legs. If there was just a single uh, uh, one-off, I would have to get... Oh, I can't give it to that. Nope, I couldn't. Um, Because I liked it, but I didn't like it like it. I wouldn't say... I like God Country. And this is one that you, you're in the prison cell. You're there in Folsom Prison, 42 years. Oh, my Lord have mercy. This is the only comment you've got. Before I hang myself, um, <laughs> I would, if it's the only comic that I can have. Completely. Um, Desert Island, mate. It would have to be a horror one. I would think that it has to be. Oh, you know what? I might go. You know what? I'll go Witches. Because Witches was a one-off. They're going to add a certain amount of volumes. But Witches, I've I've now read three times. Yeah, Witches was really good. You read Witches? Oh, yeah. I've, I've read Witches. You see, I read a lot of my stuff. At, How do you uh, like Witches? It's okay. I mean, the, the, the artwork's a bit naive. But, really? Uh, yeah, you know, it's you can see that they've used templates and they've used... Uh, Automatic coloring and that in it, yeah. It's not that the, is annoying. That is annoying. But you get that. You can see that. I mean, Marvel now it's all like a lot of it is just Disney kids jumping around, big feet, funky little noses, big eyes. And I don't get into it. I'm a golden age and silver age bloke, yeah. So you like you like when it's individually colored, actually penciled in, colored, everything's done by hand, then printed. Well, yeah. Um, the first. My mum had to bribe me to go to Saturday school for Catholic instruction. It's called catechism. My mum's a heavy Catholic lady. Okay. And I wouldn't go. I was five years old. I was kicking off and just didn't want to go. So she bribed me by buying an A4 copy of a reprint of Hulk number one from 1963, but reprinted in 1970. And that's when I started my comic books. So I refer further back. Now, John was the one who showed me this story and it is set in New York and it's Daredevil sitting in a bar bemoaning the fact of his life was terrible and who turns up but Mephisto Christmas Eve to show him how terrible life can really be and that is the greatest story I have ever read in a comic. It is fundamentally brilliant. A more modern one is with Wolverine mm. in the Ultimate Comics. Oh, Ultimate X-Men. X-Men oh, X-Men, man, that was, a, that was a good one. he has to go to a town where this kid, his mutation has just occurred, but he gives off a toxic gas that destroys biological matter. And the kid Whoa. destroys yeah. everything and is hiding in a cave. And Logan has to go and see him because his healing factor means he doesn't die. And... I think it's number 39, isn't it? I think it might be, yeah. It is. It won an award for just being oh. a great story. John said to me, read this, so I went and bought it, and it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. The Ultimate X-Men. I got oh, it. Yeah. You know what? I think yeah. I'll, t- I'll get that. I'll get that immediately, because I love a story. 
I love a story. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it just t- totally rocked me. You can get the other track. You pay Marvel a few quid, right? You can download all of them. Yeah. I've got everything. I've got everything. The whole Ultimate Universe. Just ignore the end bit because it all went a bit weird. But you know what I mean? They've got in their units with the death of Spider Man. I cried my eyes out. Peter Parker lying there dead. It's like, hang on a minute. That's Peter Parker. Now, did you, cry, did you cry with um, the death of Superman? No, no, I don't like Superman. I think he's overrated. Thank you very I mean, much, he... Mick. Thank you wow. very much. <laughs> no, I I'm not into DC at all, apart from, obviously, the Dark Knight, yeah? But, you know, it's all that hidgery-pidgery, magical nonsense. You know, it's just, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> and Superman... Ups. Mate, you don't want to get the DC fanboys on your case, man. Yeah, they've, well, all, yeah. they, they, they've all been trying to wreck Star let Wars. It, let them come, let them come, because you know what? The truth will out. It always does, yeah? Go away. Superman. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Superman. You know what I mean? Carrying the American flag. That's all well and good. But who's he carrying it for? Is he carrying it for you people? Or is he carrying it for the president? And don't get me on your president for what he said. Ooh, no, 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 that's no, what I'm no, talking no, about. Yeah. I like where this is going. I like where this is going. I like it. I don't want to offend yes, anybody. I like where this is going. I doubt anybody who listens to your podcast get into the guy that's incumbent. Now, don't get me wrong. Oh, no, no, Steve, no, no, no. For you, sure. I know you like uh, Obama. I have some issues yes. with that, Obama. But at least he was a statesman. Yes, this guy's a madman. We yeah. have a madman in office. Yeah. You're gonna, oh, and it's not just the idea about arming <laughs> teachers, but it's the way oh he said my it. God. It's like, my sister said, if he comes over to Britain on our money, she's going to go and protest, and I'll join her because I'm of not course. paying for him to come over. We haven't even invited him over yet. No. He keeps trying to come, we keep saying The no. Queen told him, I ain't meeting him. The Queen. <laughs> and that's amazing met, and she, she just went fuck off <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> shit on my lord anyway sorry about the rant anyway we'll get back to it and like, talk about the show and everything else Johnny Boy's shaking his finger at me I'm not mate honestly I'm no. just doing bad impressions so, of the queen swearing now okay to, I know that it's two o'clock in the morning ladies and gentlemen where they are right now and I do want to take advantage of the fact that everyone except for your boy because you know, everybody knows musicians have to learn. I have to learn a million songs by tomorrow, so I didn't have a chance. But um, <laughs> I got you, though, boys. I got you. Everybody watched a movie that apparently was an incredible tearjerker. And so, please, uh, Dan, give us the rundown of what this movie is about and what in the world was the big deal about it. So, Steve, the movie that we're talking about is something that's called, well, it's a movie called Last Flag Flying. And it's starring Steve Carell and yeah. Lawrence huh? Fishburne. And when? of all people, who I did not know was in this one, Brian Cranston, who plays... Uh, when? Excuse me? Say again? I said that's a when. Oh, yeah, when. I'm sorry. I thought you said when. I was like, uh, it was like roughly yeah. 2003. But anyway. This brother. Yeah. So what this movie's about is uh, Steve Carell plays a father uh, by the name of Larry, or they called him Doc Shepard. He's a Vietnam vet. And he rolls into this bar. I won't give you the whole breakdown, but he rolls into this bar unannounced. And he uh, starts talking to the bartender who's played by Brian Cranston. His name's Sal. Sal doesn't recognize him right away. They eventually find out who they are. You know, who they've, they've basically made the connection again. They used to serve together in Vietnam. And uh, the reason that Steve Carell is there, Larry, is that he has just found out that his son... Uh, was killed in the line of duty, you know, so he's got to go and, and basically claim the body. And he goes to find 
uh, Brian Cranston's character, Sal, and they also end up uh, getting with uh, Richard, who is played by Lawrence Fishburne, and he wants them to be with him during this process. I wasn't yeah. quite sure why he went back to them. I know that he used to serve with them. I, I'm not exactly sure where that is, but I can tell you one thing about this movie. It's fucking emotional, man. Like, it's... it's um, I got to tell you, and again, getting back to the whole father-son thing, um, there's a particular scene... And it's jumping way ahead, and I'm not going to really spoil it for you. But there's a point where he do, he goes to view the body, oh. and um, you know he's there, and they're saying, you know, he's, he was covered up. He's got the casket. It's covered in the American flag, and he's ready to, t- you know, they're gonna they want to go bury him in Arlington. He doesn't want to do so. Uh, and what he does want to do is he wants to see the body, and they're strongly, strongly discouraging him to not, to not do so. And he and he he does. He ends up doing it anyway, which I think he, he you know regretted instantly. That moved me so much because I put myself into those shoes. I couldn't imagine. Oh. I couldn't imagine what mm. would be going through my head, you know, during something like that. Um, I, it would it would make me want to freaking hang myself. I think seeing something like that. So the matter of fact, he says, "Once once you see this, you won't unsee it." Mm. And I, you know, I correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but I think uh, that was pretty much a spot on statement right there. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, this movie's really powerful. I I, I had this movie. I acquired it a while ago and I never watched it. And for whatever reason, uh, we all decided to watch this movie. I wasn't even in the decision-making process, but I was glad that you guys picked this one because I had it to watch. And it's, uh, I really liked it. I, I, I kind of read some reviews on it and it was kind of like a mixed, a mixed uh, review kind of thing. Some people found it to be a little bit slow. Uh, I didn't really find it to be slow. It was the movie clocks in at like a two hours and five minutes. And you know, it feels like two hours and five minutes, but it does not feel like it's carrying on for a really long time. The acting is superb in this one. Brian Cranston's amazing in this movie. Yeah. He kind of plays like the, the, for lack of a better term, he's like the devil on your shoulder. You know what I mean? He's the, he's the wild man of the bunch and he's always trying to keep them, keep them young when they're feeling old. Um, he's the troublemaker of the bunch, but he's a good guy and he's got a good heart. He's just got a drinking problem. And, you know, of course, Vietnam to, to kind of ruin his brain. Mm. But I think that the whole cast did amazing in this movie. I think right. that um, I would highly recommend that people watch this. And I don't want to talk about it too much because I have two other people here that want to share their opinions on it. And it sounds like there were some emotions going on. So I'm going to turn it over to our boys overseas. What do you think, gentlemen? Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, phenomenal cast. Um, I like this. I like the pace of it. I like that we got to spend some time with these guys. Um, and and the emotional kind of journey that they all went on um, needed time to breathe and to to kind of develop naturally. It felt very natural. The whole thing felt it kind of didn't feel like a movie in a lot of ways. It felt like you were just spending time with these guys. It's like you were just along along for the trip with them. Um, but yeah, the the the, the issues of um, you know, father, father and son, and I'm a dad as well. So with the son, so yeah, that stuff hit me really hard too. Um, there was at one point where John was emotional. He's an emotional man. Yeah, I'm not, He's not scared to show no, his emotions. No, not at all. And me and him, because we've known each other such a long time, he can affect my emotions. I can affect his. And there was that one scene where I heard his <gasps> the breaths like that go, and I looked round at him, and he was in bits because Man. he used the phrase that he called that Carol called his son, that John calls his son, 
My handsome boy. My handsome boy. And he did now. You can see the emotional... Yeah, I'm well enough just thinking about it, man. But the film is a road movie primarily. And I read a review where they said something that John Candy would be proud of. You know, trains, planes, (laughs) automobiles. I can see that. I can see that. But Brian Cranston has the greatest line in it. When they go into that Irish bar. (laughs) I'm half Irish. I'm yeah. returning son when I go to Ireland, yeah. And I'm a British lad, but the pad rises from my feet and it rises up inside me. It really does well up in me, especially from drinking a few whiskeys. And he toasts the bar with the greatest lines I have ever heard. I'm getting a T-shirt made on Tuesday <laughs> to get back to Nottingham. And it says, born in pain, live in fear, Die alone. And your main man turns around, Larry turns around and says to him, can you be any more Irish? I thought that was fantastic. And then the next scene is bang, when they miss the train. And and the emotional ride is... Oh, man. It's not just... Do you ever go on one of those, like, um, roller coaster, but it's one that twists and turns. And you don't know whether you're upside down, roundabout, in and out. That was the film. Now, we take a British perspective. I found it very American. Even your anti-establishment Americans are very American. Yeah. You know, keep on trucking. Do you remember that? There was a patch in the 70s and it had the American flag behind it. Peter Fonda on his motorbike. What was his helmet? Easy Rider. Easy Rider. It's American. Everything's American. You, You ever see Vanishing Point? Barry Newman. That's an I think it's Barry Newman. It's an awesome film, nineteen seventy one, Dodge Dodge Charger driving across the country, yeah. Absolute anti hero, yeah. But essentially an American film. So that was why I wouldn't give it nine out of ten. I'd give it seven out of ten for just that. But you can't just say I'll give it seven out of ten total. It has to be ten out of ten for the emotions. I've never had a film apart from Star Wars basically <laughs> that caused me to and I did cry all the way through Lord of the Rings I don't know why but I did and something in your eye mate something in your eye but um, I, I'm, I'm taking up now thinking about Johnny last night <laughs> well that was the other big theme I thought from the film that I found really affecting was friendship and it it, it seemed weirdly appropriate that we were watching this film about these guys that have known each other for a long time off the back of me and Mick getting together this week um, and doing our little pregame for you guys because we were talking about how we met and talking about 20 years ago and and it kind of resonated with us on that level as well because these guys were reconnecting as friends and there were things in the past that they needed to talk about and deal with and um, yeah. so yeah it was it was hitting us from all kinds of angles man yeah. uh, but then the next minute you'd be laughing your head off yeah. you know it sort of it, it, there was there was a, a good the right balance of, of humour in there as well I thought it wasn't all just heartbreak and a positive balance in the diversity aspect you know yeah. it was really good to see you know when Brian Cranston said he wasn't a white man the culture was the core because yeah. that's all he had and I thought Spot on, mate. Yeah. we got derogatory phrases in this country that are used all the time. 
and one of them it describes white people because I hear white guys who don't want to be associated with a certain type of Anglo-Saxon profile that I don't believe actually exists but is seemingly portrayed by certain sections of the media and people, yeah? And uh, that's what you said. All they had was the core. Towards the end, when they have that scene, and I won't reveal it, you can see when he talks to Carol about it, they're not talking about the president. They're not talking about the country. They're talking about themselves. Yeah. And the core. Do what your boy wanted you to do. Mm. And then the last scene when he's sitting there and he goes, oh, man. Yeah. I don't want to reveal it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone go out and watch it. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. And it's on Prime. Just get it down there, man. And it's two hours, five minutes. We're going to watch it next week with my sister. She wants to watch it. And, uh, Have yourselves a good, healthy man cry. <laughs> That's what I say. At any opportunity possible, just let it out, boys. Well, I was We've been bottling this shit up for too long. Yep, it's good for the soul. It's good for the soul. You know that is the truth. That is the freaking truth. Now, Dan, did you cry? I, I got to admit, I was getting a little. Come bit on, Dan. I, did, I didn't on. go. I didn't go full on ball, but I. It was. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. There are some very, very strong emotions in this movie, and um, one of the scenes that I found super touching was when uh, the three it was Sal, Richard, and Larry. They go to visit the mother of someone that they oh, used to serve. Oh, man. With. I and, um, shouting at the screen at that point. Yeah, I don't really want to give away, like, what the message is that they're trying to give in this movie, but it has yeah. to do with not not necessarily... with the, I guess I could say the government isn't necessarily being on the level when when their soldiers come back, when their Marines come back, you know, and, and uh, it's not always like when you get that knock at the door and they're breaking this bad news to you, they want you to know, you know, they, I think they, they really want you to know that your son or daughter died, you know, during the line of duty and that they're heroes and things like that, where it may always not be the case. So there's a little bit of, um, that's the word I'm looking for. There's just some untrue, there's some falsities going on there with their, that they're, you yeah. know, projecting to, to the, the families of these people, you know, because, you know, obviously they don't, they don't want the government doesn't want to look bad that they're sending these people over there for reasons that they can't even explain half the time. But uh, anyway, so that's kind of like the situation with Steve yeah. Carell's son. So during like the last part of the movie, the three gentlemen, they go to someone that they used to serve with his mother's house and they wanted to kind of break. Like, I think they went in and uh, again, guys, if I misinterpret this, please let me know what you guys think about this. But I, I uh, they, they wanted to kind of like, enlighten his mother on what really went on so they get in there and she's very welcoming she's very you know she's a wonderful pleasant woman that brings them into their home and she sits down with them and they're just they're sharing all these stories and you know and she's just so grateful that they're there you know like pretty much made her day she's a you know an elderly woman that probably i assume probably didn't have a lot of visitors and you know she was saying that she had all these these grandchildren that she doesn't see but she gets calls from time to time i she struck me as a lonely woman Mm. uh and I think that when they went over there, they, they they were going over there for one thing. But when they they felt her personality and how she this uh, idea that she's already had of her son that she's been carrying for decades, they didn't. I think they all kind of just knew simultaneously that they didn't want to like ruin that for her. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. they ended up sort of just switching direction and leaving, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. she left. And when they left, you know, like when they left, 
she was for the better. She was enlightened yeah. by that, you know, yeah. and it, she, it made her, it made her feel like her son was even that much more of a hero, but yeah. that really wasn't the case. And it was just really touching to me. You know what I mean? That they were able to, to like hold back on that. Yeah. Um, even just things like their interactions with, uh, there's a character by the name of Washington, who's a young Marine that's yeah. kind of, he's sent to like keep, he's, he's sent to keep, um, Larry Fishburne and Brian Cranston at bay while Steve Carell is dealing with his funeral services part in this big hangar where they have all these bodies and they just kind of like corner him. They're like, don't bullshit us. Mm. You know, what, what's, what's happening there? You know, it's cut all the military shit. We're, we're Marines too. What's really going on. And it just turns out that this guy, Washington was, uh, I'll just say he was a friend of uh, his son. And so he, he enlightens him on some truths. And, um, this guy, his name is Jay Quinton Johnson that plays this character, Washington. I really liked him. Yeah. Very soft spoken. Very, yeah. you know, he didn't, he didn't so, do a lot in the movie, yeah, but every time that he was on screen, he was wonderful. Yeah. Very powerful. Exactly. Mm, Nick. Mm. So, I mean, I got nothing but good things to say about this movie. I'm really glad whoever chose this one, by the way, who did choose this movie? Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy. Well done, my friend, because I, you, you've made my day by watching this movie cool. and I recommend oh, oh. that everyone just like. Just go to Amazon right now and check it out. You're gonna love this movie. I guarantee it. So I comment on your about the truth. It was the look, and she was the old lady was explaining about her loneliness, basically, and her son showing all the pictures to him. And it was the look that Larry gave Brian Cranston because Brian Cranston's the hothead. Yeah. Now, right. There's a philosophical debate here. You have the truth, right? But then you have the absolute truth, and that includes lies. So he wasn't lying to her. He was telling her an absolute truth because it saved her. It gave her something else to go on with. And then he realized, because they didn't go there for the purpose to enlighten her. It was to expunge their guilt. Well put. And that, that's when, even, yeah, it's very well put. And then when they left, and you see that small scene where Brian Cranston shudders, then you know, as John pointed out to me at when it was ended, he goes, now look, something has changed inside him. Because when he first started, he was a complete waste. I mean, waking up with pizza on his face, for Christ's sake, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then it develops towards the end, you know? And it's all about honour. And it's how they drag out Larry Fishburne's character. It was like, you know, that was hilarious. I, yes. I loved yeah. that. <laughs> it's just fundamentally, you know, if you don't go and see it, stop listening and go away. Go and watch that and then come back and you'll agree with us because... Me and the boy here, we know our stuff, and you guys certainly do. You certainly know your stuff. And when I listen to your podcasts and listen to them all now, it's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Or, no, I didn't think that, but there's something else for me to think about because you had a dimension and a depth that you go to actually has um, awoken something that I had put aside for a while, which was analyzing film and comics and things properly with an objective mind and then doing the subjective rather than just jumping in with both feet, you know what I mean? So thank you, gentlemen. Well, thank you, man. That's like a really, really high compliment. I really appreciate that. No, I mean it. I mean it. We thank y'all. Yeah, we thank you. You guys... Having you on the show today... You can, let, me, let me tell you. I know it's a, it's a little bit late, but having you on the show today... I mean, man, 
Do you understand how... Are you excited as I was, Dan? I've been thinking about this all week. And I've been having the... I've had the pleasure, uh, guys, you know, you hear me say this probably every show. I am a super, super busy person. So when I get this time to, like, interact with you guys, you know, our listeners, and much more importantly, have you on our show, and even more important than that, I do believe, I truly believe this, that we're establishing friendships here. Um, Oh, definitely. This has... Yeah, I mean, you know... You made some on that, boys. You can come stay, mate. Yeah, come see us. Come see oh, us. come on. It's happening. It's happening. I already <laughs> just, I just bought my ticket, man. <laughs> I, sent you, I sent you pictures of where Johnny Boy lives, right? It's a yeah, it, English seaside town. And my family live there as well. My mother lives here. My brother lives here. Brother's up the road. It's a real dude place. Oh, it's so beautiful. And... Me and Johnny Boy had the best English breakfast I've eaten. Yeah, it it's worth coming just for the breakfast. Sweet. I'll tell you, I'll take you to this place, right? If you like to eat, they can do a vegan option. They've got gluten-free, whatever you like, right? Me, oh. I like meat. If that offends some people, I'm very sorry, but it's my choosing and it's my right to choose. But, you know, and also, because I've been there before, it's a hotel that I stay in sometimes when I'm visiting. Yeah. And it overlooks the sea, and I've shown you pictures from outside that you can have a look at the sea and the pier and all that. Voted Seaside Town of the Year, yeah, by, you know, uh, if you... Um, Daily Telegraph, Daily one, Telegraph. Of the, one of the big papers over That's here. That's one of the big, big papers, like, posh, posh, posh. And uh, the place is gorgeous, and it's just up the road from London, you know, it won't change anyway. But we're not going to tell you what the town's called, because we don't want everyone moving here. Yeah. But you guys can come. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't, I'm coming, I'm so going to be coming. <laughs> Ben, yeah, you're going to look nice. And then I'm going to say I to cannot. You, I'm going to say to the mice. I'm going to say to the mice city, London. And I'll show you something you will not believe. You'll go, nah. And I'll say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind Buckingham Palace and the Tower of London and the Natural Ghostbusters that had turned your shit white, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be safe, and it's all fun, yeah? And, I can't wait. And then, you know, if you want to go further, we've got Nottingham up there where I stay, which is, uh, we're going to go to a pub, and I'm going to do a podcast from the pub. And Steve, I don't like noise not being around me. I interact with people, yeah? That's up, good. I shower, I go out, and then I make it. And I'm always in pubs, and I'm always in bars. I'm at the week. That's dope. (laughs) Well, I'm going to, when I go out there, you're going to have to show me around, show me all the coolest things. I want to take you So that I come back and get my uh, passport ready to just move. I mean, my son's going to college. It's time. It's like, there you go. You can fly. Time for me to vacate the premises. It's easy getting in. Bring your base. It's easy getting in. Oh, come on. You'll get bass lessons. This boy's talking about playing bass. I will be able to play a Warwick bass. Yeah, man. I never have. He said to me, a waiter of mine who used to make fiddles and the violins, he's died, but uh, he was a good lad. And he was, we were sitting down once and he played the violin, we used to live together. And he turned around and said, So, in the Middle Ages, a man was considered to be an imbecile if he couldn't play a musical instrument. What musical instrument can you play, Mick? And he was like, Shit, I can't play nothing. <laughs> play the fool. I can't play anything. <laughs> I went and talked to Johnny Boy, and he goes, Come along. And I bought a bass. It was a lovely bass. And he taught me how to play it. I did two gigs one to my sister and him sitting there, and one 
get this on a detuned two string treble guitar in the Himalayas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Playing wow. Playing Pink Floyd covers <laughs> in a temple. Wow. <laughs> I was very, 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 very um, relaxed. relaxed. I was quite relaxed. You can get legally oh, relaxed in this country. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yes. The, legally, the legal relaxation. We yeah. can get legally relaxated too now. Oh, man. man. Yeah, legal relaxation in California. You certainly can. You can. You can't hear. You ain't been to Amsterdam. You need to go to Amsterdam. So before we get out of here, I really want to talk to you guys about what when you're do you know when your podcast is going to be out because when you do we're going on your podcast oh yeah. man and we want to be able to go on yours y'all come back on ours Definitely we want spot. we want every listener to jump over to your podcast so <laughs> if you if you could kind of um do you know if it's going to be out in the next month two months or no, we don't. Well, we'd like to think so. It'll be out in the next couple of months, but we've got some stuff to sort out, and um, and, and life, yeah, and stuff. and and steal ourselves and and get ready to take that that plunge. More like okay. a bit spicy <laughs> sometimes. My family dynamic can be quite demanding. I'm the big brother, and okay, there's. I have to protect all those around me. That's my job. Totally. And there's been a situation where I need to go and reassure my youngest brother and help him out his situation. But it's all cool. Okay. But um, yeah, things to do. But but I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is uh, we're gonna do this, and we're doing my own podcast as well, just myself and to you two. That's it. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm gonna. I can't wait. And I'm gonna have Johnny's daughter. Talking on it because she is. Su- I'll talk oh, to yeah. her today about it. You're going to get the whole family, yeah. guys. We're You're going to get my mum's oh, kitchen corner recipes. I love recipes. it. <laughs> yeah, I mum's recipes. love it. Sam will make a derisory, derisory comment on everything I do, but that's her job. She's my beautiful sister. And my wife. That is. Oh, yes. Like... She's definitely your <laughs> wife. So, um, what are your uh, Twitter handles out there so you can shoot them out to the people who want to ask you a few questions about comics, anything else? Uh, you feel comfortable giving them the Twitter uh, Twitter handle for both you guys? I'm not on Twitter, man. Johnny Bucks. No, don't do Nick Twitter, C. man. Don't do it, man. I, try, I, I tried it. I tried it, but it wasn't for me, man. Once you get your podcast, brother, you're no. It definitely you helps. Might, it definitely yeah, helps. Because you're, yeah. you're going to have to tweet it out is, there. I don't like all these naysayers. And you know what? I don't care what you say, man. I really don't. If I don't, everybody on my Facebook, yeah, I have personally met. Yeah, That's good. Personally met. That's good. That's mostly good. related to, had a meal with, and in one is my, the ex-girlfriend who is in mm. Australia, and she, contacted me through social media no one else oh one one of my mates is dead yeah, and I still tell him about stuff you know because in the ether that's awesome. he might still be there that's awesome but Twitter nah it's, it's died over here man Twitter's dead Twitter's dead people don't do it you might- Instagram is what the big thing is now Oh, are you on Instagram? No, I don't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on it. I'm on see, Instagram. The thing is, I okay. don't care about audience. I don't care about money. I don't care about promotion. <laughs> I care about interaction. You are going to have a lot of interaction. And let me tell you right now, from <laughs> being with you and talking to you for this time, your interaction level is going to be crazy. <laughs> they're going to have a lot to talk to you about because they're going to enjoy 
Y'all's podcast is going to be so good. I can literally listen to it all the time. I really, I can't wait for it to be a normal, regular thing. Well, thanks very much. We, we kind of enjoyed putting it together, didn't we? I mean, it was it was literally just for you guys. No one else has yeah, heard no it. Yeah, no one else. That's for you. It's, oh, I'm sorry. It was really talking about me and him. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time. This boy can finish thanks, sentences, I say. Um, what I wanted to say about your podcast is a couple of things. So, please. first of all, I love the dynamic between you two. You can tell that you guys are super close and that you guys you guys have been through so much together. It's uh, my blood, man. It's my blood. <laughs> Johnny, I love your laugh. First of all, you've got a great laugh. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it's funny. You know, that's, those are the little things that make it for me. But yeah. I got to say, what I want to hear more of, and I was, I kind of wanted to get in today. I know it's getting late over there, gentlemen. And I don't want to keep you too long. But what no, I no, really no, no. am. No, we're, we're buzzing, man. We're good. I ain't going to sleep, and I'm not sure how how Steve's doing on time, but I wanted to say, if, if I don't say anything else about this, is that you sound like you're very seasoned traveler, Mick. And you sound like you've got story upon story upon story. And I was just like captivated listening to you talk about these things. Uh, Mick, I don't know if he'll ever bring this up again, but I hope he does. I hope they maybe they'll release what they played for us, which I think would be awesome. They should. But uh, there's a tale about a uh, tangerine infused penis. Say that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um, it just uh, sounds like you. I mean, you're telling me you're playing bass, Pink Floyd covers in a, a temple in where was it at? The Himalayas or something like yeah, that? So yeah, there's so much that I want to learn about you. And I found that high, like super fascinating. Like, man, no joke, I really did. We, we've only scratched the surface of mixed tales, man. I mean, I'm thinking for the podcast to just pretty much interview Mick and just get all these stories, man. Because it's, <laughs> oh, man. I've, I've heard loads. And, and all those ones the other night, that was the first time I'd heard them all. And we've been, we've been talking about this stuff for years and years. And, and there's constantly new anecdotes and they're just it's dynamite man seriously and i've been saying i've been saying to you haven't i we need to get this stuff down you know you know dictate it and and then i'll write it out as a book or something man because honestly it's it's dynamite stuff it's he's got the funniest craziest most fascinating tales to tell man it's not that i'm interesting i'm not Oh, you are. No, don't I, don't spin that line no, again, man. No, I'm I not having it. <laughs> I can already tell you're being modest right now, man. No, no, no. It's just that I've been lucky enough, or unlucky enough, to have been in places that interesting things have happened around me. And I've met very, very interesting people. And because of that, interesting things happen to me. I'm not interesting myself. I'm not. But, like yeah, you may say that, man, but I, I can't agree because you come back to and tell me about it and that makes you interesting because you've I would got agree. all these experiences. You might not feel interested from your point that you're interesting from your own I point of view. That's not No, well, you're not. You've, yeah. you know, that's not an issue at all. But to me and clearly to, to these guys and probably everybody else that's listened to this, you are an interesting dude, man. You're really interesting. Because I've got some nice stories. Yeah, he's got, oh, he's stories. brilliant. I've got some bad stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any years. any kind you want, he's got them. I've got stuff I can oh, tell Oh, I can't you. wait. I'm ready to hear them all, yeah. And the funny ones, the funniest ones are just insane. They, yeah. They're just, honestly, the, the, the situations well, this dude's got himself nice. into. Just speaking the truth, man. Just speaking the truth. You were telling a story about and I, I it, the audio was a little low so I couldn't get it all but you were saying that you were in oh god where were you I want to say a beach in Tel Aviv and 
you had mentioned uh, it was like a someone in robes had come up to you. Yeah. Would you mind just kind of giving me a recap? Because I was very interested in that and I just, it broke off and I really couldn't hear it that well. Cool. So I'm sitting nearer the mic. Is that better? Can you hear that? Oh, no, you're great. Oh, you're yeah. great. Cool. Yeah, you're perfect. Well, um, I used to work for the government, working in an unemployment benefit office, and one day I thought, bollocks to this. So I went over <laughs> to Israel because I saw this advert and I dragged two of my mates with me. Now, you're going to be mates with people down the pub and have the barman as your mate, but. When you go abroad, you realise that they're just a pair of fools. So I abandoned them quite quickly on this kibbutz. And I went down to Tel Aviv. Um, being a big lad and 22 years old, I uh, got a job as a bouncer in a reggae club, which was rather good. And at the same time, I was talking to uh, a lecturer that I had doing English. And he turned around and said, why don't you try and travel? So I thought, so I'll go and do that. So I did. And found about the mystical stuff of life. Now, I grew up in a desert. I was born in the Yemen. My father was in the RAF, yeah. And when I got to Israel, I smelled this. What's that smell? It's weird. (laughs) And then I got to the desert, and all of a sudden it clicked in place because the first five years of my life, I lived in a desert. First in Aden which is now Yemen, and in Libya. We lived in an RAF base there. And Cyprus, it was all hot. And suddenly, all of a sudden, this reminiscence of everything came in. Anyway, I'm in Tel Aviv. I'm working. I'm a likely lad. You know, I'm having a right good laugh. And I'm sitting there. But at the same time, I'm searching for something, right? And this orange road sadhu turns up. And I thought, hello, what are you doing here? Because I was used to the Jewish lads with the curls and the rocking motion and the tipfers and the the hats, yeah? Right. And he turned around and said, I've been waiting for you. And I went, oh, yeah? I thought, hello, what's she talking about, mate? And he said, I've seen your first lifetimes. I've seen your last lifetimes. He said, you're not going to get Nirvana thinking that you're Ben-Hur going to Jerusalem and having this big, grand, you know, da-da, Hollywood extra special event. He said to me, Buddha said that you could get enlightenment listening to the plink plink when you're doing your business in war. So I thought, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And he turned around and told me, talk to the king and talk to the beggar, because between those, someone's got the answer. But my old man had always given me one bit of advice. He says, they can shut you out and never let them shut you up. So I just talk to everybody. I'm gaining and learning things from you guys. You know, I'm learning about your culture, that there are guys who are our equivalent of me and John there, because you guys, the dynamic between you, sometimes you have me roaring laughter. And (laughs) Dan, you do to Steve what John does to me, reeling him (laughs) in. Shut up. Calm down. Put your hand on. Chill out. Relax. Stop being like a... See, see, you're like a freight train. You are. Say am I. He is a freight train. You're right. Yeah, man. He's a force of nature. But Dan, he's a moderate one. That's how it comes across anyway. And he moderates. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. You know, I've done... I did did, uh, studies into comparative religion and I've had a look... for all you people who believe in something, I believe that you believe. It doesn't necessarily mean that I believe. 
but I believe that you believe it, yeah? And me, I'll celebrate any religions, birthdays and gods and everything else. I'll celebrate everything, but only for the fact of the celebration of that. Because underneath that, all I know is that matter is self-organising. Sooner or later, it's going to make something and there's a spirit of life in there. And, you know, we can learn from that. It makes you feel humble. You know, you look up to the stars and you think, wow, is this what I am? I've come from there. We're all, it's like Carl Sagan said, we're all star stuff. That's what he said. And I truly believe that, you know. And on a basic level, it's really good that you guys have given me and John this opportunity to realise a goal and a dream that we've always had. But I never, I can't speak for John, but I never had the faith in myself to do this. You two have given me that faith, that belief. And now I know I can do it. I could have done this wow. years ago. But now, on my iPod, press a button, it's done. You know what I mean? There's an wow. app I was down today. Three quid, boof, it's done. Don't have to worry about bandwidth and everything else. We don't have to worry about it over here. Just press the button and it's done. So, wow. thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, man. That is the seriously high compliments right there. Seriously, like off no, the record, no, I mean you know. It. I do mean it. I do mean and I, it. As, I, as do I. Seriously, that really, really touches me. Gosh. Thank you very much. Wow! Now, now I'm crying. See, that's what it takes. Now we did it. I, I, want we did to, it. <laughs> I want to leave it there. Like I want to be like in on that note. Well, like, Holy cow! Like Steve, there's there a place go. I want to take you, which is called the Old Trip to Jerusalem. Ye Old Trip to Jerusalem. I want you to Google it later, lads. Right, and what it is is the oldest established public house on the planet. There's another one wow. advised for it where there was the building itself. Is on top of what was then a Saxon tavern, but the Saxon tavern's no longer there. This is the old trip to Jerusalem. The reason why it's called that is the Crusaders would go in there. It's underneath the castle in the caves, right? And you walk in, and this is where they would go to have a drink before they went to Jerusalem to have a big old fight with the with, with the Moors at the time. Yeah, we're talking about the 11th century now. Yeah, you go in there. And there's a scabbard on the wall, and there's grooves in the wall. You put your fingers in the grooves. Do you know what those grooves are? Have a guess. Uh, if you don't know, I'll tell you. I do not know. I am curious. They are the grooves made by the swords of the knights because they weren't allowed to take their swords into the bar. And you can touch it. You can feel it. Wow. wow. I have eaten food off a table that is older than the history of your country. <laughs> that is crazy. The last time that they had renovations was in the 18th century. And for us, that is ordinary every day. This place is full of history. Yeah. You can go to Stonehenge and like it's, hello, 6,000 years old. 6,000 years old. And now they're finding pyramids in your country that are just as old, but like serpents I've been reading. So it's just fascinating. And I really want you one day, it's open invitation. Yeah, man. Come home. Because you know what? I'm doing a world tour soon, right? 2019, 2020, and I will be coming. Nowhere else. Oh. I want to go to New York. I want to go and have a bagel. 
I want to go and have a look, right, where they film some of my favourite movies. And then, oh, for sure. And then I want to go straight across, you know, all the middle bit. I know you have some problems with your transportation police, and they're going to love me, and I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with bodyguards, mate. I'm going with a bodyguard. <laughs> and I'm going over there, and then I'm just going to land in Fresno, and that's it. I don't want to do it. I'm going to Frisco, but no, 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 it will happen. Within one or two years, just got to lay some money down. And that's what I want to do because I used to travel six, Johnny, I'm going to tell you, six, seven, eight, nine months, innit? Yeah, yeah. Longest I ever did was two and a half years without coming home, yeah? Yeah, man. You see, the thing is, when you get out there, you think, well, sod it. I might as well stay here. It's sunny. You might as well be skinned in in somewhere that's got nice weather than come in. It's cold here, man. It's minus two outside. Yeah, it's got to go. I'm staying at Johnny's. I'm not going. I'm not going to my digs. I'm staying here and sleeping on his lovely sofa because it's actually my sister said I'm not allowed to go out. Fill that chest. <laughs> so I'm going to stay here. But no, and I will be coming. And hopefully, when Johnny Boy turns fifty, which isn't too long, seven miles away, mate. What are you talking about? But when he does, I'm going to get him his. T- I'm going to get him his tattoo because he hasn't got his tattoo, and I know there's one in there in him. And then I'm going to drag him with my sister's permission for a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's the key. We've got key that. And our relationship will develop. I mean this now, right? We can make your dream come true, Steve. You know, when you said a few weeks back about, you know, waking up in the dark and there's this voice. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd be like, what have I done? <laughs> and, and then behind him, there's going to be another figure just waiting. In the door one. Yeah, yeah. Just like Ooh. you said. Just like you said, Steve. We'll make it happen Oh, my you. gosh. That Mick voice in the middle. I'm like, I owe someone money, and I will give them whatever they want. What would you like? I would absolutely love to meet up with you guys, and especially I'd love to meet with you guys over there. I'm always telling Steve that um, – I'm always trying to think of like a different idea to do with the show. And I presented something to him recently, but we're, we're talking locally, of course, where it's like the heroes hit the road and, you know, we're just going to different places and just picking random people to interview. It's not anything that we've really worked on yet, but it's just something that I'm kind of tossing around in my head, but I would absolutely love oh, to do that. It is a Johnny massive, and Nick. Oh. it's a massive dream of mine to, to visit, you know, over there. I am not a seasoned traveler. Um, I didn't want to say it until you brought it up, but because I'm, to me, it sounds like a stupid touristy thing to say, but it's always been a dream of mine to visit Stonehenge. I, I don't know what it is. Something draws me to it. I've all, Since I was a child, I want to go there. And the fact that you travel so much and you've seen these things, talking about a table that you've eaten on that's older than our... I mean, that's, that's amazing to me. You don't even understand how amazing that is to me. And I'm going to really try and work on this, Steve. I don't know about you, but I would love to go over there. Seriously, now, man. Oh, I'm definitely oh, going to have to bring. I'm definitely going to have to bring the wifey, of course, because she's not no, no, letting no, me leave yeah. the country without her. Of course, but, no, I'm there. Whatever you want, man. All you need, I can't all wait. you need is your flights. We'll we'll sort you out, man. Just get. Oh, in. I cannot wait, and I I definitely you know I gotta see. I don't know how far you are, but you know my favorite band is the Beatles. I have to see Liverpool. Yeah, you don't want to see Liverpool. <laughs> I was going to say, does he really want to see Liverpool? Of listen, course I do. No, I want to no. see Penny Lane. I want to no, see no, all no. these places. Listen, Scousers are... Well, hey, come on now. Really? we got to be careful. If this is going out, man. <laughs> 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 <I'm a trainer. laughs> yeah, y'all are out there, so wow. Yeah, my, really? My accent, when I go to Liverpool engenders a certain response <laughs> because the football oh, team really? I follow 
yeah, by one of the greatest football teams in history. We're not doing too well at the moment. The last no, days, come on, man. As Johnny Boy would like You think that. you'd have problems in Liverpool or the team I support, yeah, man? No, I'd get, get my head kicked in. Yeah, well, no, so am I. But, but <laughs> listen, I was up there outside, right? And a 10 year old boy had to jump up and punch me on the jaw. 10 years Whoa. old. Trying to punch me. It's like, what are you doing, kid? Football was taken very seriously. Right? That's yeah. what I hear, man. Yeah, no, it's true. A bit too seriously in some places. But you've been, have you been to Abbey Road, the cross street? Yeah, I've been to Abbey Road, yeah. That's that's in London, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's in London, yeah. Yeah. I'll take you there. Yeah, definitely go there. There's Abbey Road Studios. There's a really good Italian cafe just around the corner. Oh, oh I'd lose my mind. I would lose my mind. I would legit lose my mind. I'll tell you that all the places that are hidden, and not on one of these tourist bus, but on a proper London bus. The 59, the 147. Take yeah. you all around the side. He knows the buses. And my city, my yeah. city, mate. My city. And I'll take you to places you'll think, I'm in downtown Jamaica. And then we walk around the corner. It's like Korea. And then you've got to come to Chinatown, mate. Chinatown in London is banging, mate. It's just mental. It's on par, because it's one of the dragon cities. It's on par with San Francisco. And it's really cool. And... On the south coast, Johnny can show you his tower. Where he take you to a proper castle. Yeah. How about that? It's proper, it's proper flipping castle, mate. I don't even know what the hell I'd do, man. I don't, I don't know, know what I would do. I'd just start crying. I would. I would be crying I the might. whole damn trip. <laughs> it's about time, <laughs> man. It's there. about <laughs> Something makes it happen. Dover Castle, mate. What's that, 20 years check ago you took me? Yeah, check out Dover Castle, it's man. It's a it's a proper fortress, man. This isn't some of the castles you get over here are like stately homes. They're like a sort of Nottingham. Yeah, Nottingham Castle. It's just a big fancy house. But Dover is a fortress, man. If you imagine a big town, yeah, it's it's a kind. Of, it's well, you just imagine a massive, proper looking castle out of you know, Lord of the Rings or something, then boom, there it is, man. It's, it's really? It's incredible, man. It's a, it's an amazing it place. It bankrupted a kingdom, an entire kingdom at the time. The Romans, it's got Paleolithic, it's got Roman, it's got World War Two stuff. There's a whole yeah. Winston Churchill thing. There's Yeah, there's the underground war uh, war rooms yeah. and there's an underground hospital there from World War Two. There's a garrison base there. There's a Napoleonic garrison where you can see, and it goes out. Yeah, it's been there forever. It's, it's just, it's just amazing. It really is. An- oh, we got to make our way down. I'm in. I'm in. Are you down? It's, I'm it's- saving my saving my cans already, man. I'm already saving my cans. <laughs> yeah. Johnny took me down. Proper recycling. Twenty years ago on my birthday, oh, and it just blew it's my head. Be- I went and bought a, a season pass for it for me and my ex. Yeah, I can get us in free, man. Yeah. I've, I've got the what? heritage card, it's, it's so over. we can just go get in, man. It's definitely it's definitely time. Like I've spent, I've I, like I said, I haven't traveled a whole bunch, but I've made it a point with my children that they get the experiences that I didn't, you know, get. Go figure, get go figure, right? There you go. That's what you do, man. That's the way to do it. But like my yeah, but like my my son, he's been to Germany. He has a, his best friend actually moved from here to a, a town near city near Mannheim called I believe it's. Ludwighaven, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, and uh, so he's been there. He's been to Amsterdam. You know, he's he's lived. He's lived more than I have already, and it's. I think it's time. So yeah, I'm already good. starting to save up, man. Sounds this is good. that's. I'm I'm in. Count me in. But one thing that comes across <laughs> Great. Here is that you are a good father. That comes across in spades. Yeah, both you guys, man. Thank you. I was just saying, and Steve, yeah, yeah. It also comes there. You, you, it comes across. Yeah, 
because there's the one thing, right? This is the thing that I believe with all my soul is that Ah. family is forever. Absolutely. I look at John's daughter sitting there chatting with me, playing a a word game, smart as a whip. I see his lad, yeah, he's 14 years old. Goodness! Good boy, you know. Proper Mm. good boy, you know. And it's just... What a handsome boy! (laughs) 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 I can't wait to see this movie! My blood, my blood throws through them. My blood. They are part of me. I feel. Me and Johnny are so close. We're not blood. That's awesome. We are blood brothers. And like I said, I can't just get over that we're actually doing this. Because me and him have talked about this before there was podcast cast technology. We've been talking about this forever. And now we're actually doing it. And I can't say, it's because you guys, you guys have allowed us to do this. I mean, we're as pumped for your podcast. We are so (laughs) excited. Like, we were texting each other about your podcast. Like, throughout the week, we're like, hey, did you hear this? Oh, man, that was funny. Did you hear this? I'm like, man, this is, it's so funny. Because we're excited to have y'all on. (laughs) Thanks, man. I keep trying to think of a way that we can kind of unite and make this, like, network. Oh, man, that'd be crazy. We'd love to have you guys as part of the network. Well, we're actually working out. I mean, Steve and I talk about networking all the time, but if we were going to have anyone in the network so far, by all means, we'd love to have you. Johnny Bucks and Mick C, what are you talking about? You're good at doing all of that connection. And I'll even even, uh, work on my uh, American pauses. I'll add some pauses to my voice (laughs) to help you guys out. Well, we're sitting up straight and smiling while we talk, man. We're trying to meet your pace. (laughs) (laughs) Do we talk fast? We gotta talk quicker, man. I know know I'm a fast talker, but do we talk fast for you guys? Listen, do you want to hear fast talking? I'm slowly right now. Okay. I'm going to speak to you now in my international voice. For all people, that aren't from my neighbourhood. I don't know if I've heard this. No, you have. It's like, Betty <laughs> bought a bit of butter, but the butter was too bitter. So she bought some better butter to make the bitter butter better. Okay? You understood everything? <laughs> All right. This yes. is in my Cockney vernacular. My dad was a Cockney Irishman, yeah? Born in the... If you're born in Bow Bells, the sound of the bells, that means you're a cockney. My dad was. He was born in Stepney, yeah? <laughs> My dad was too, funny enough. Yeah, you are okay. a cockney as well. Yeah, man. He's an Essex boy cockney, isn't he? By Ken. And uh, this is how it sounds when I speak to my brothers quickly. Betty bought a bit of butter, butter, butter. I was too bitter, so she bought some better butter. I made a bit of butter, butter. <laughs> there you go. That's Cockney 101 for you, Dan. Yeah. I know you wanted to work on your cockney accent. Yeah, that's how oh, I'm going to have to now, man. I do terrible accents, but I'm going to definitely work on that one. <laughs> I love it when you guys do your English accents, yeah, man. Brilliant. It made me laugh. I laughed so Steve, much. There was a bit of keep it going, man. <laughs> I try. I try. I told you, man. Yeah, man. It's great. It's so good. Now, tell me tell me this. What? How close is Snatch to those accents? Yeah, man. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Pretty much yeah. Well, the thing is oh, Brad Pitt did a good job. He did no. actually, yeah. Brad Pitt, that's Irish. That's Irish Gypsy, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit different. That's, that's a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but he did Gypsy. a good job of that. He did because you know, totally that's a weird accent. I thought he made it up and it wasn't real. I was like, "There's no way people talk like that." No, 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 they do. They do. 
Listen, my grandfather, I never understood a word he said, my Irish grandfather, he just used to be sitting in the corner in a haze of smoke with a trilby and he'd throw a quid note at me, you know, go, come buy some more cream. But he'd totally do a solo team, you know. And he'd have that, it's uh, <laughs> accent, quill, and it's just, That's it's amazing. a very good film. And some of the Cockney lads in there, a couple of blokes I know from my neighbourhood, yeah. Come on! Yeah, the big black guys, yeah, I know them. I know them. Are oh, you yeah, kidding yeah, yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's yeah, all. No, he does. Chop a little. No, that's one of my favourite movies. What are you talking Chop. about right now? In Snatch and also in um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, right? come on. That's the movie. The black, come on. The, the black guy that puts down the glass on the table and it falls through because the bloke's broken the table, yeah? You that's do not Chop know him. Chopaloo used to carry my mum's shopping. No way. I went to school with his brothers. <laughs> Glenford. Mm. Glenford. Are you kidding me? And Glenford came to my dad's funeral because they were little <gasps> ones. They used to go drinking with the old man. Did he tell you he was in a movie? Well, I know him. I know him when he was in the movies. That's crazy. That is crazy. I can tell you tales about her and all that. They were in a football squad. They used to support uh, Chelsea. They still support Chelsea. Shed end boys, yeah. Oh, proper tough. Oh, crew of black lads, yeah, and uh, it was in the 70s, 80s, and it was a bit unfortunate in Britain, there was a little bit of like, you know, racial tension, shall we say, yeah. between the right wing and the rest of the world in Britain. Yeah, of course. And um, <laughs> Louie, yeah, it's good. his mum once called me, because I'm a big lad, and I've got like a dicky beard, she said I look like a long hair, she has, uh, I look like a well-fed Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's the I name used, of the podcast, I man. Used, used oh, be. that's a great podcast name. <laughs> well-fed well Jesus. Jesus. Please. Oh, come on, bro. I used to, I used to that... do, when I used to go down, I do weights, and Chuckle was there. Because I used to do powerlifting. I was the only one that could lift his bench press, because he'd be benching like 350, 450, yeah? Now, I couldn't bench that, but I could lift that, yeah? So I used to always spot him. And we was really, really good. You know, I haven't seen him for a long while, but I know I went to school with all his brothers. I went to school with his sister. I nearly went out with his sister once, but... <laughs> I but, love oh, no, that no, 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 movie. And Snatch, that's... that's it's it's not exaggerated. Vinnie Jones, yeah, who plays the real villain in that, yeah? He's excellent as Vinnie Jones. Check out, just once or twice, yeah, an English radio station... It, I don't know, you have to time it, yeah, it's from six o'clock in the morning all time, yeah. Talk sport radio. So I check that out and you got Vinnie Jones at six in the morning. He lives in California though. Oh no, Miami. Oh he's really? Miami, Malibu. There's guess Malibu but oh wait a minute, what's the rubbish? What's the beach? Yeah. The big big Malibu, isn't it? Malibu's in California. Yes. That's where Vinnie Jones lives, yeah. Um, I didn't know he made that kind of money. Oh man, it's my fortune. But, yeah, after wrecking the X Men franchise. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. But <laughs> I love Vinnie Jones. They used to play football. That's so. when the X Men jumped the shark, man. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but you don't now, but you like him, though. You do like him. <laughs> I, I No, I don't like him because if I ever met him, I'd probably punch him in the face. <laughs> he played for several teams that I don't like. But he did play for a team where I grew up in the minor leagues called Wilkes. Oh. See, I started in North London and then I moved to the dark, dark side of South London. Oh, and, come uh, on. Yeah, bro. I'll, showing, I'll show you all of these places. Johnny Boy that is amazing. No, all of them I, would, I wouldn't even mind just seeing where it was shot. Like, it wasn't be enough to me to see this is where Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was shot. It's all good. I'm happy. It's, it's all good. Game down, over. Man. 
but but Mick, the only problem with this is great, but you're not helping to uh, dispel the myth that Americans seem to hold that we all know each other here. Yeah, we like it's we very all, true. Like, like we all know true. the Queen personally. Well, you, <laughs> I'm still not convinced you don't. I really <laughs> think you Fuck might. Off. I think you've at least seen her, right? Have you seen her? No. no. Oh, wow. No. I saw shot. the Queen Mother once. Her, I saw the Queen Mother once. She drove past... She was just driving through the town where I lived in on the way somewhere else in a big limo and that. And so I was at primary school. They just trotted us all out onto the roadside to wave at her as she went past. You see, what they do is... They and she went past... And uh, I saw her waving out the window, and, and the only thing I remember is her teeth were black. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Are you kidding me? It was like something from a horror film. Cigarettes and tea, that. Yeah. Are you wow. sure that wasn't just a memory of your memory? Like you're no, thinking, I think she had nah, black man, teeth. No, no, everyone. It's it's widely known that she had like really bad. I mean, we're known over there for having really bad teeth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that is, but that is a thing over here for some reason. But even so by our standards, is, her teeth were pretty. The thing is with uh, the thing is with um, the Queen. I hold her in the same regard as I hold Trump. <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not really? all like big fans of the royal family. They, there's only it's tourists that go to Buckingham Palace. For us Londoners, it's a roundabout. Because the, the cars <laughs> yeah. go around it. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it not such a big no deal over here for a lot of people. That is so interesting because for me, it's interesting that knows that somewhere still has a queen. That's amazing to me. I'm like, wow, they still have queens and kings somewhere. You know, you should have run things like But they don't have any power. Yeah, they just got money. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have no say in, in what goes down. Yeah. They're told by Parliament, oh. sign this piece of paper. Yeah. If you don't sign a piece of paper, we'll cut your head off, basically. Yeah. It could, be, well, see, it could be argued it's largely a tourist attraction, to be honest. It is. It's, they bring in business. If I could live in Buckingham Palace, I would sign whatever. Got, <laughs> I'm well, good. Yeah. I've got a mate. Her brother is a butler there. and uh, Mate. You mate. know the butler? <laughs> yeah, James. He's a, a butler. <laughs> <laughs> How? Because my mate, my mate of mine, her brother... He got a job there, yeah? He was working in a cinema or in a cafe. And the next time he applied and he got it, yeah? Yeah, he went through the procedures and that. And he, he just said, like, you know, they're just ordinary family, just very rich. But the thing is, the Queen and all that lot, when they're going to visit somewhere, the place gets spruced up. It's all painted, flowers put everywhere. They yeah. rush the homeless. Yeah, yeah, everyone rushes around. Quick, so, tidy up. So the, 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 the Queen literally thinks that the world smells of freshly painted buildings. <laughs> She does. And like, it's just like, oh, she, wow. they don't carry money. Do you know what I mean? That fucking head's on it, you know? <laughs> there you go. Look, there you go. Hello, she just, sta- she just stands side on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> I, but is Buckingham Palace as amazing as it looks on TV? Not really. No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> See, we're too Americanized, Steve. There's a lot of things that are, you know, glamorized on the television. <laughs> no, no, no. You're Americans. Well, it's, it's it, well, it's probably going to work the other way around. You know what I mean? If we if we were to come there and I don't know, see some of your great, well, well oh, sort no, of famous. Yeah. I don't know. We have famous ones. We, 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 yeah, we, it, are any of them underwhelming in your experience? We've got Walmart. 
Yay! <laughs> I've been to Walmart. Walmart. Still, uh, yeah, Jenny Boy bought me a load of t-shirts, but that actually. Yeah, I, I've been to America once. I took I took the kid my kids to Disney Disney World in uh, Florida. Oh come oh, on! It, man. it was adorable. fun, man. It was great. We stayed in uh, just outside Orlando. Um, did all the parks and everything. Bush Gardens is definitely the best one, man. We hired a car and drove across the other side. Went to Bush Gardens. That was the place, man. That was good. My brother Don went with them and he uh, hired a monster, monster Mustang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had a Dodge Charger. Charger, that's it. Yeah. bright red one. He loved it. But yeah, we went. Uh, but the best thing we did is is that we got away from all that. Like me and me and my wife Sam, we 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 said, no, we we don't want to be in all the touristy stuff the whole time. So we went. Um, Across to the mm-hmm. the other coast, to yeah. the Gulf Coast side, and we and just stayed in a little seaside town in one of those um, classic motels that you get in the movies. Bruh, where if people where you can, yeah, line. where people like park you know in I mean? front of your house, like, in front of your door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the, yeah, that's it. You park, yeah, that's it. The one story thing, you know, pretend, pretending we were like um, a creature. Oh yeah, yeah. I pretend I was Michael Bean in Terminator, man. Do you know what I mean? Run around. <laughs> Trying to make pipe bombs, <laughs> but no, we we went there. We stayed in this in this really crappy little motel because we wanted to, you know, we wanted yeah. to yeah. see a bit of that. And we went to like a, a a mom and pop place for breakfast, and it was lovely, man. It was really nice. That Tell them awesome. what you brought back for me. Oh yeah, yeah. This I bought. <laughs> Tell them about the movie because we well. we watched uh, Harold and Kumar. Go to White Castle, you know that movie? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were big fans of that film. And, and we don't have White Castle over here. It's one of one of your um, your chain stores that hasn't yes. reached us. Yes. You know? We've just got a Five Guys about 20 miles from here. And it's like the only one I've ever seen. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, some people were like, oh man, because their whole thing in that film, right, is to get to the White Castle and have, the, yes. have, the, have the sliders. Yeah, and me and Mick are big fans of a burger. Johnny's nickname back in the past was Captain Burger. And yeah. I was burger Boy. <laughs> and he, was, he was Burger Boy, <laughs> my, my sidekick. I'm 285. I can eat. I used to be 375 and I couldn't Whoa. really eat yeah. This boy, <laughs> Swiss mushroom double cheese at BK, right? I can do two of them, set of fries, you know? This was a few years ago. This boy, he does a double bacon cheeseburger, double deluxe, right? Two of those and a Whopper XL double deluxe. I used to. Yeah, we don't do it anymore. No, I broke that particular muscle. But that's, that's <laughs> the one. But yeah, tell him, tell him, carry on. I think that this would probably have to be my department, gentlemen, because Steve, as you uh, may or may not know, is vegetarian. But uh, okay. you come to Fresno. I got you covered as far as the barbecue. Oh, that, yes. I'll get you hooked up with proper barbecue. Yeah, man, the barbecue. Uh, hell, I'll make you barbecue. Oh, man. Oh. We will definitely do a burger tour, Mick, that will blow your mind. We are. We are scheduling these things. We are scheduling these things for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big things are coming, everybody. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I could fly Wednesday from a local large airport, Gatwick, to you guys on a special £209 return four-day trip. £209. That's $250, $260. It's nothing. It's just the time aspect. But don't worry. I'm going to come. 
You had a knock on your door and you had to I'll say, come on in. I know I'll be at my house and he's like, you've been waiting for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? There was a thing my sister actually said to me. She goes, when we write soon, yeah? That means I'll see you soon, mate. That's how that is. Yeah. It's soon. And you know when you bump fists? That's the same thing. Yeah. But that was funny how you guys interpreted yeah, soon. That was hilarious. Me, Johnny boy. He's a nice guy. Proper, proper nice guy. We won't sound it, but yeah. Don't mess with our families, whatever. Oh, no. I mean, look, if, I, if anyone ever owes me money, go. I'm just going to have you call them. I'll be like, I'm, I know I'm going to get my money now, for sure. They'll be like, who oh, in the world is that? Send that wolf picture and a oh, message, and that'll man. be enough. All right, folks. with this guy. I could, I could be like, I got folks everywhere. I am around the globe, buddy. Man. That's sweet, man. All right, it's on you, brother Dan. <laughs> Contact information. Thank you very much for uh, listening to the show today. This is a special one to us, and it's a, it's a lot you know it's a lot more loose than we're normally doing, and it's a lot different than what you're probably used to hearing. But this was a really special one in my heart. I feel like we're making good friends here, and uh, thank you very much for you know coming along on the ride. But let's get down to the information here, ladies and gentlemen. You have been listening to the Heroes of Noise podcast. And if you want to get in touch with us, please reach us at Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter is not dead in America. And uh, we're going to go ahead and keep on using it for now. You can reach us at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at Dan Q Public. My buddy, Steve, at S-E underscore Hudson Music. We're available on Instagram. We're slowly building there. It's coming along. Not quite there yet, but we're getting there. You can hit us up on Facebook. And if you want to get one-stop shopping, like I always say, please go to www.heroesofnoise.com. www.heroesofnoise.com. Soon to be your new favorite website. Uh, while you're there, link on. Uh, you know, you can subscribe to the show. You can hit us up at iTunes, Stitchers, Google Play, iHeartRadio, soon to be Spotify. I'm working on that one as well. And uh, feel free to leave us a five-star review if you're digging what we're, you know, if you're, if you're picking up what we're putting down, so to speak, please let us know. And uh, on that note, Steve, I did want to say that uh, I'm very happy about this because we've been asking and asking. And uh, just the other day, I happened to get on iTunes and guess what was there? I give up. Go. Oh, no, no, no. You know, sir. You just, you know it in your heart. What yeah, was there was a five-star review, ladies and gentlemen. Applause. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, this is one's, this one's coming from... Um, one of our longtime listeners and her handle on iTunes is Mellow Yellow. Uh, I don't know if she wants me to say her name. We know exactly who she is. She's wonderful. She keeps contact with us often. But uh, for the purposes of this, we're going to go ahead and just refer to her as Mellow Yellow. And uh, this dropped on February 14th. So there's love there. See what I'm saying? See what I did there, Steve? Let me go ahead and read it to you. I was, this made my day. It says, I follow these hosts from their preacher show, The Word. Also, great. Go listen. Dan, Steve, and I share a lot of the same tastes in pop culture, and the topics range from music, TV, to music. If you stay on top of the recent pop culture, you will connect with the show. Dan and Steve are friends you wish you could hang out with. Aw. And uh, with being obviously kind and hilariously funny. I always enjoy their stream of consciousness type of discussion stemming from the stuff we're all watching. So that's... That's more than we needed right there. So Mellow Yellow, and you know who you are, and I know who you are. Thank you so much. That really means the the world to us. Uh, this has been a great week as far as getting connections and feedback. And uh, thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart. And ladies and gentlemen, feel free to uh, you know follow suit. We really want to know how we're doing. We want to make our show better. We want to cater to you. So let us know. How are we doing? Are we doing bad? Do you like it? You digging it? Am I sucking? Is Steve too handsome that he just comes through over the radio? It happens. It happens. Right. 
Is that magnificent voice so booming that you just can't take it? We want to know all of these things. I, hey, yeah. Hey, so you know from the bottom saying. of my heart, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the feedback. And uh, please keep it coming. I'm turning it back over to that, that wonderful guy with the golden tones, Steve Hudson. Take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, it brings us to this wonderful end of this awesome, amazing, one of our favorite podcasts ever. This episode is my favorite now. Game over. It brings us to the end. But before we leave, we know that Johnny Bucks actually has a gift. An amazing gift. See, here's the thing. Here's what you guys don't understand. Y'all be listening to Metallica, Iron Maiden, The Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and y'all are missing out on the baddest band in the world. Tell them about it, Johnny Bucks. (laughs) Well, there's a few. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as original music goes, um, I'm in a band called Cochin and the King's Evil, where you do a kind of mixture of hip-hop, drum and bass kind of reggae stuff um we've got an album coming out in the summer so i'll keep you guys posted on that oh for sure please do um as far as my kind of working bands cover bands that i play in um anybody that wants uh a band for a party a wedding stuff like that we've i've got a couple of bands i've got um a uh, super tight, super funky. I mean, everyone in the band's a pr- uh, full-on pro. Thank you know, all. deadly Thank players, you. man. Um, I'm absolutely honoured to be a member of this band. We're called Groove Zoo. Um, and if you can, you can find us at www.groovezoo.com. Sorry, groovezooband.com. Um. So we go out, we do weddings, parties. We've done some really amazing stuff. We did a, you know, the actress Emma Thompson. Uh, yes. Yeah, just yeah, a little bit. A, a little. Yeah, we did her. We played. We did a party for her last oh, come year. On. We didn't know it was her party. We just rocked up at this place in London come for on. this private booking, and uh, yeah, it turns out it's Emma Thompson's party. He has pictures to prove it, <laughs> 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 yeah. which he showed me. And um. Yeah, so yeah, that was cool. Haley Atwell, you know Haley Atwell, yes, I do. Agent Carter. Yep. Don't I ever? I mean, uh, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was dancing right in front of me, man. I, 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 I forgot what I was supposed to be playing. It was crazy. Well, you got to fucking rub it in, Johnny. That's all. I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mick's been dropping his celebrity connections, so I thought I better put some in there, man. That's true. Well, you guys do know everyone, right? Well, I have a bit of a thing for uh, Emma Thompson, so no, I don't biased. blame you, man. She's such a lovely. I don't lady, know man. what it is. She's I don't so know nice. what it is. She couldn't have been nicer, man. She's she gosh, she she did not stop dancing for three hours, man, and she had all the time in the world for us. She took selfies with us and. Um, just was so lovely, and her husband and Ooh. all the other guests that were there. Yeah, oh, Tra- and Tracy her. Oldman well, was there. Do? Oh wow! Oh my goodness, I remember. She was where The Simpsons started. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. And a, a, a comedian who's been a big, well, both me and and the big MC are fans of a guy called Bill Bailey. Oh man, isn't he the one from um uh the Taxi Cab? He's not the taxi cab guy. He was in a TV show called Black Books, which is well worth checking out. Another great oh, British never, comedy. Okay, let me put him in. Let me write him in. Yeah, Bill, Bill, Bailey. Bill Bailey. He's a he's a musician comedian. He he plays guitar on okay. keyboards and uh, does these brilliant uh, and amazing songs. And uh, we've been fans of his for ages. But yeah, he was there at the party and he jumped up and got on the keyboards at one point. It was the most surreal night of my oh, life. Wow. Anyway, so that's GrooveZooBand.com. 
um, check us out. We've got videos and, and, and examples of us playing tunes on there. Um, we we kind of do party music. We do a Killian version of Hot in Here. Um, <laughs> Come on. Yeah, man. Oh, well, so, so many of your jams, Steve. You, you'll love it. Um, I can't wait. And now, it, or do you have a YouTube? Is there anything on YouTube? Yeah, yeah there's all sorts. You can find it all on the website. Um, and then the other side of that coin is um, my beloved band. It's me and, and three of my oldest friends. Um, and that's the band that I was with tonight. Um, and we're called Majestic 12. You can find us uh, on Facebook at Majestic 12 Band. That's Majestic 1, 2, band um on facebook um there's some videos on there they're kind of old i think some of them are from our very first gig but we do sort of unplugged versions of uh of popular tunes man from the eagles and all that kind of stuff to like classic we do some beatles we do some rolling stones we do the who uh we do the foo fighters we do acdc we do motorhead oh nice we even do we even do an acoustic version of Breathe by the Prodigy. Really? <laughs> Can't say that, wow. Prodigy. And we mash wow. and we, we we mash it up with um, Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. My jam. Actually, yeah, man, both of fun. those are my jams. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And you know the bit yes. in D-Light. Yeah, we've got a swanny whistle for that. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> I, just, I, just, um, I just liked your page on, um, on Facebook. Oh, thank you, man. Just yeah. liked it. Perfect. So yeah, we you know they're they're the, they're the main ones. Oh, and I play in a reggae band um, called Hey Maggie. You have some great names, man. Yeah, Seriously, yeah. <laughs> you have some really. Good you got to work on this whole underachiever hey, thing, man. Johnny. That's because uh, you know you just don't seem like you're doing enough. You know what I mean? You got to really contribute more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I could squeeze a couple more gigs in, and I often do. Actually, I, I help other bands out sometimes if um, if I'm free and they need a bass player. So, but if you so yeah, that's some, me. That's my stuff. Really good. At- about Majestic 12 is uh, John and the band playing a version of Steve Harley's Come Up and See Me Sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's on Music in the Living Room or something? Yeah, I think Live in the Living Room. Live in the Living Room. Check that out. It's amazing. It really is. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard Steve Harley, yeah, check him out. Yeah, He's an English, he's an English uh, musician. Oh, in that video, I've got my dreadlocks, which is a whole other story. Oh, I'm all, oh, that is. I'm falling down the rabbit hole this oh, evening. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Is it okay if I do one shout out, gentlemen? Yeah, Absolutely, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, Mick for Rick's sure. Got well, I've got a, a shout out. It's called uh, a charity that I support. It's called uh, Punk for the Homeless. They do uh, gigs for. People who have like street lifestyle, it's a bit difficult at the moment. There's certain housing difficulties in Britain at the moment, and a lot of young men and women are on the streets, yeah. And a hundred percent of anything that they get goes straight forward to helping people. They feed people, they're vegans, they're old school punks. Your man, who's the uh, main poet, he taught me. Street poetry. I went to a course that he was doing at a centre I was attending uh, last year. And uh, I just want to shout out for them. They're called Punk for the Homeless. Check them out online. It's a small concern, but like I said, right, they put their monies in their own pockets. You might have seen the furore of like Oxfam and all that lot, what's going on. These people are real 
and genuine. They look like they'd eat you alive, but they are the loveliest people I've ever met. Really, they are. A bit like you, mate. <laughs> I look like I eat babies by the time. <laughs> I prefer Todd. That is punk. These what is it called? Punk, punk for, for the homeless? homeless. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you. Punk for the homeless. Link, I'll send you some stuff. On it. Awesome. I will definitely put them up in the show notes for sure. Will Thanks do. a lot, guys. About speaking of punk, we're going to come back to that. We still have to talk about the emotions flying with This Is Us. Oh, Not to mention that we oh, didn't really got, get any chance. You to, guys have got to Yeah, come and we didn't even on. get yeah. a chance to really talk any Black Panther. So there's things oh, that, yeah. guys, stay tuned. We're going to come back to this, and uh, we'll be meeting up with you soon. Very soon. I would love to have you guys on as co-hosts every now and then, you know, and, and just Sweet, our, yeah, our show we, is your show, guys. We'd love that, man. We, uh, honestly, we're such big fans, and we and this, this is such an honor. It really is. It's... Um, it's like talking to awesome. to guys in your favorite band, man. It's it's a trip. It really is. Well, like, like Johnny said, oh, it's I like appreciate that, me. I've traveled, traveled all over the place. You know, from when was it? Nineteen eighty-seven. When I started? No, eighty-five. And I traveled, yeah, all over, all over the world. I've been. I've done loads of nice things. And the thing is, you ain't got time for the usual friendship bullshit, yeah. Like you know, three dates in your ear and you're in, maybe six months. Da la 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 la. We've connected already, now, gentlemen. I consider you my brothers now, yeah? Back at you, Mick. Back at you, Right back at you. Right back at you. You have my protection. You have everything. You know what it says? If by my life or my death I can help you, I will. And I mean that. My dad used to say, my hand, my heart. It's an old Irish phrase. And also the other one is, may the road rise with you. So anyway, cheers, guys. Wow, that's... Wow, Steve. That's awesome. You know what I'm, I'm saying? <laughs> if we could that, sidebar, if we could just yes. sidebar for just a second, Steve, that's pretty fucking amazing, wouldn't you say? I love that. I love that. We love y'all. Y'all already know my home is your home when you're out here. We can't wait for you guys to come out. And we will be doing this very, very soon to get back oh, on this. Oh, mate. It'll be it's such gonna be, fun. It's gonna be a bl- and we're going to be out there probably first, though. Because <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to that side of the pond. I might not come back. So, um, but yeah, everybody, please check out their links. They will be back. Mick, C, and Johnny Bucks will be back on the show. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys back. We love y'all. And until we see the next show, I am your host, Steve. My name is Dan Ramirez. This has been one of my, this might be my favorite show it's that my we've favorite. done so far. It's my favorite. By, it's, like it's seriously, by far. It's not close. It's not and close. Uh, guys, I hope that you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We're going to go back to the normal format. But maybe we'll have another guest. Who the hell knows, man? But I'm like so charged. We have new friends. We love these guys. Uh, we love you. So thank you very much for listening. And please write in. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of this show, uh, this particular one, because I think this was a really, really great show. And uh, on behalf of the Heroes of Noise, that's Steve over there. Uh, we got Johnny Bucks in the house. We got the big MC. And again, I'm Dan Ramirez. Thank you very much. Everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Heroes of Noise. Peace. Peace.